Hey everybody, welcome into the Penny Bloom Podcast. It is I, Colton Robertson, and that, my friends, the one I am joined by, none other than the magnificent Tavares Pennington. Hello. That was like the longest introduction I've ever been given. I know because I almost fucked up on my usual (laughs) introduction. I was like, I was like, and that, my friends, and I was like, oh fuck, oh fuck, oh fuck. How do I save this? How do I save this? How do I, how do I steer this into the magnificent Taurus Pennington? That's the reality of, of, every canned intro for my uh, extemp day <laughs> because like you would know you would have like four lines that you'd have to say but there's this weird thing and i i would honestly i think there's like actual research to support this probably if you remember once you memorize something and then you know you perform it once twice that third time like it is very easy to forget you could have done it perfectly the first two times that third time you're gonna you're gonna be struggling more than you did the first two times, and I don't know what it is. It's something about doubt. No, and like, I get it because I I'm thinking and like I've I've experienced this where I'm like I've got something and then I fuck it up and I'm like wait a minute what? I just have this yeah like, I'm pissed <laughs> yeah exactly yeah no I I definitely I, don't, I know how that feels you know but um welcome we are we are we are here to talk about um what are we talking about today. Uh, we're talking about, uh, you know, some of our favorite episodes of television of all time. Yeah, and I mean, that's that's kind of the, uh, that's, that is the subject. I don't know if there's much more to say with that. Um, the, I think, I think that our favorite episodes of all time have probably got to just objectively be the best, ep- some of the best episodes. Some, uh, and certainly some of the best episodes. We, and, and like, you'll, you'll, you'll see when you get into this episode, there and when we do this segment further down the line again, because I assure you there are more of the greatest oh. television episodes of all time, some of our favorites, than just these five. Oh, we yeah. we just picked five different shows and we went with it. I think actually we picked them randomly. Like we created a list of like. Oh yeah, we cre- we generated we a, a list pool, and then but... we were like eeny meeny miny mo, and I went around and I was like this one, all right, yeah. that's the one. So uh, we've got a good slate of episodes uh, for you. It's gonna be great. Yeah, for it's gonna be fucking great. Directly, only. Just for you. Yeah, if you're listening to this podcast, it is just for you. It is all for you. Isn't that a beautiful, beautiful connection that we've just made between us two to you? We've we've created this just for you. Nobody, you right now. Yeah, you, you the one that's like, are they talking about? Yeah, are they talking about you? Yes, you. I'm you, talking about you. Bet you didn't think anybody would be whispering. Hey, little mama, let me whisper in your ear. Tell you something that you might like to hear. You got a sexy ass body. (laughs) (laughs) I couldn't even keep myself composed with that. (laughs) Because that was obviously the natural, like, next thing to happen. Of course. If someone whispers into a mic, you whisper those words back. (laughs) Man. Such is the way of things. Such is the way of things. Um, Well, Game of Thrones, Breaking Bad. Euphoria, Sopranos, Rick and Morty, Sopranos. Rick and Morty. Yeah, I mean, if you didn't recognize any of those names on that list, you could probably just, I don't know. Fuck right off. Yeah, turn off the podcast yeah, now. You, this is not the podcast for you in general. No. <laughs> and You probably honestly, shouldn't listen to any of our episodes if you don't know those if names. If you haven't heard of Game of Thrones, you're living you should probably just leave. Uh, you know, if you haven't heard of Game of Thrones, though, that's fine. You're cool. It's, you are cherished and we love you. I mean, no, you're you're less cool. Let's be objective about this. You're less cool, but you're still cool. 
No, no, there's simply no fucking chance you haven't heard of Game of Thrones. <laughs> like, let's be real. That was the hugest hey, show on earth. He, there are, in fact, people who do live under rocks. That is a actual lifestyle. The Amish. I follow this dude on TikTok. <laughs> I, said, I said, the Amish. <laughs> the, the Amish do too. They more metaphorically <laughs> because <laughs> this guy quite literally gave a tour of his cave on a TikTok. He lives under a rock, <laughs> going full Patrick Star. <laughs> yeah, no, he's kind of cool dude too. Like he's like I don't know. That might be a move. He's like a super like a wilderness expert. TikTok is so like expansive. I, honestly, I'm on TikTok more for just the random shit that I see than the comedy, like the informational shit. Like It's wild. Cooking TikTok is wild. I found this detective series on TikTok where like it'll show it'll show scenes like it'll be like pick out the four details that caused the person to react like they did. And it'll usually be like there's like this predator or something trying to get this lady um and they'll give this excuse and it's like find out where the inconsistencies are and in what they've said to know why this is a dangerous person it, it, it's 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 wild oh that's kind of fucking dope it's that's wild. a great idea yeah man well hopefully our show our show's cooler than that uh, uh i don't know how much cooler it can be possible yeah, i mean uh, you know, i'm just playing we're, no, we're, but no we're cap we're we're much cooler than everybody alive uh it's oh, without a doubt uh i mean i i i probably shouldn't brag but dag we amaze and astonish the problem is we've got a, a lot of brains but no polish. We've got a holler just to be heard with every word we drop knowledge. We're like diamonds in the rough. We're like shining pieces of coal. Trying to reach our goal. Our power of speech unimpeachable. Hey! Wait, was that was that a freestyle? No, that's from Hamilton. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yo, what the fuck? You were like, God, God damn, bro, you were going in. <laughs> what was the last word you said? Unimpeachable. Yeah, I was like, no, bro. <laughs> I heard that. That's like that's the third song in Hamilton. It's my shot. He he opens up the song. He's like, "I'm gonna get a scholarship to King's College. I probably shouldn't brag, but Dad got amazed and astonished. <laughs> the dag. problem, the problem is, I got a lot of brains but no polish. I got a holler just to be heard with every word. I drop knowledge. I'm a diamond in the rough. I'm trying to be a gold, trying to reach my goal. My power of speech unimpeachable. <laughs> he keeps going, but I won't. <laughs> uh, well. <laughs> I guess we That's could for keep you, going. Emily. We could get, keep going into the episode. Yeah, we might as well. Let's uh, let's hit that. Uh, let's roll the tape. Uh, click it. Click it. Roll it. To the Penny Bloom Podcast Ain't another place that has got more bombast Rump past your mom, dad's listening to Tomcast Talking everything that make you sad We don't want that We're here to make you smile Put your mind at ease Peace, love, and bloom And always praise Keanu Reeves This what we about Get some weed and now We'll talk until we can't no more And then we peace and out Alright, let's go Penny Bloom Podcast It's the Penny Bloom Podcast Penny Bloom Podcast Let's talk some television. 
Television. I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan of television. Yeah, I like television too. I watch a lot of television. Huh. Where do you think we really like realized that like we both actually like like music and TV? How did I, I don't remember that distinctly happening? No, it was like because like we both we both knew music immediately. Yeah, that's what that's yeah. what initially. Yeah, that's what cr- initiated the bond uh-huh. that we've created. Yeah, yeah. Uh, hip hop because you know hip hop yeah, air. Yeah. That's when that really started. No, I, What's I, funny is like we were like kind of friends when we started that yeah like we weren't even like that's actually close we were yeah. just like we're both into journalism and we both like hip-hop let's talk <laughs> yeah, about let's it let's do it <laughs> it's a fun thing to do at school and, uh, i mean thankfully we did i'm glad yeah, i'm glad yeah, you're no. i'm glad you're one of my best friends now. yeah it's, it's, it's really paid off we've done fucking 60 episodes of this shit fuck this is yeah. awesome fuck yeah uh but yeah uh i know i can distinctly remember when i like really got into television but I don't know when we both kind of. Yeah, I don't. I don't remember where I like. I don't know. It's just kind of. I feel like it's a constant. You, you gotta live, breathe, and eat television. It's it, it, you do, and it's like it, it's even. It even comes down to like it, where if I'm having a meal by myself, and I'm gonna watch TV. I'm, yeah, I have to watch something. Like there's like no matter what. Like and, it's a meal wasted. Yeah. If I'm not entertaining myself Literally. while eating, and like I, people even you, you could find me in the calf on any given any given day at lunchtime, just like by myself uh, watching something, just something, some TV show on my phone, and it's like I, I don't know, it's just something you gotta you gotta live with. Oh, and bro, I I'll be thankful forever I'll that thankful. December 2014, January 2015, I uh, I discovered how I met your mother. Mm. Damn, that's way earlier than I did. I think. And that's when I—that's when I binged. How I, that was the first show I ever binged. Really? I binged How I Met Your Mother over winter break, mm-hmm. freshman year. Oh man, of high school. <laughs> and after that, it was raps. Like I was, <laughs> I was like, "Fuck yeah, yeah, I'm gonna watch all the TV." Oh. <laughs> all the TV. Yeah. Like it's, it's crazy though, because like if you look at the list of shows that I have watched, it's like it's alarming that all this has happened in five years. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Cause, oh cause, yeah. Cause like, I, when I think about it like that, I'm like, oh shit. Every show I've ever watched has happened within the last five, yeah. uh, not happened within the last five years, but I've watched it within the last five oh, years. Oh yeah. I did not watch like shows continue. Like I would catch episodes and things. And, no, like, sure. And I watched a lot of t- like, like cable TV and shit growing up. I watched a lot. Like I, the only show I can remember like me sticking with week to week mm-hmm. when I was small was American Idol. <laughs> Wow, American Idol. <laughs> yeah, American fucking Idol. Wow, isn't there like fucking like thirty seasons of that shit? It's, it's a lot of seasons. I don't know. I watched it from when I was like eight to ten, and then that was that. Okay, okay, yeah. yeah. Uh, but but today, yeah, it, it, I'm glad we we can have uh, progressed to the uh, to the critically acclaimed nature of the list, which we have. Doctored. We'll be talking about. Yes, now. we. Uh, so we wanted to do something. This is going to be a series because. There's no way we could do this in one episode. We're going to talk about some of the greatest episodes of TV ever. And this is extremely biased. Obviously. This is what me and Tavares do. I mean, we do what the fuck we want. We talk yeah, about what we like. That's it. And that's it. Nothing more to it. Nothing more to it. So we've got a list of five shows in front of us. We have picked one episode from each to talk about today. And believe me, these shows have far more episodes that are great. Yeah. Uh, some that are even better than the ones we'll be talking about. Yeah. But these are some of the greatest episodes of television we have ever laid eyes on. Oh, yeah. And you know, you know when you watch these episodes, because all it takes for us to really to, and like, it, it is, this is a bit of a, 
more extensive, uh, I guess, segment project than the ones that we normally do. Um, but just because, you know, these shows have so many episodes, but it's not hard to look at the episode and be like, oh, yeah, no. I, well, when duh, I watched that, I was like, this is a different level. This is the reason why I enjoy this show so much. And that kind of brings me to our first show that we have on the list. Oh, yeah. A show which there were just several episodes where I watched it and I went, this is the greatest television show yeah. of all time. Yeah. No. Game of up. Thrones. Yeah. We, we got to talk Game of Thrones. So, and on our list, we have several episodes of Game of Thrones available to talk about. But the one we're going to talk about today, season three, episode nine, The Reigns of Castamere. And I remembered that name. I didn't, I didn't have to look that up or anything. It is season three, episode nine, Reigns of Castamere. And you know why? It's called Reigns of Castamere. Because the song they play when they slaughter <laughs> an entire family is the Reigns of Castamere. Yeah. Uh, for those who have not watched Game of Thrones, skip ahead a little bit. Because uh, this was the biggest spoiler of the first, yeah, no. first three seasons, no doubt. Uh, Possibly of the show. I think the Ned Stark thing first season might be that a might bit be more, that might be a little but bit, but that's just yeah. because that's like the that that's like the pivotal the pivotal thing of the entire the entire show really jumps off at the end of the first season, which is wild because we made that we made that um we made that point with the at the end of the first season of Breaking Bad too was like yeah. that show the story doesn't really start, start until the end of the first season. Well, and that's the thing is shows that are willing to expand their yeah. like get to know your characters. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's yeah. when you. That's when you succeed as a television show. Because mm-hmm. like, even like I'm thinking, it's like even Mr. Robot. Oh yeah. Season one is phenomenal, and obviously there's stakes immediately. Uh-huh. But like nothing, in the nothing compared to what they end up doing. <laughs> no, not at all. Not so, at all. So like, and that's Game of Thrones. Yeah. It was it was truly the first step into a much mm-hmm. much larger Game of Thrones. But this episode particularly, I felt like this was probably so. I had the I, like I can remember having the thought because I, I watched. Um, you may remember. Were we? No. I don't know. We hadn't. This was the month before we started the podcast when I watched Game of Thrones yeah. for the first time. And I blitzed because it. Because we, we we put out our first episode the yeah. the week after the Game of Thrones finale. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And I remember, like, because I, I watched it and it was, it was unhealthy, man. I watched all, like, seven seasons and, like three weeks you watch 70 hours of tv (laughs) i was my roommate fucking hated me because every time he came in the room game of thrones was sleep that shit's on he would wake up that shit's on you hear nothing john schner he wakes up it's a fucking dragon just and then i'm just like yo this is crazy what's going on and ken's just like what the fuck is this like if you've been with us for a while you remember ken yeah you do um but i remember watching this episode and being like what just fucking this like i had never witnessed any sort of thing happen on screen that was as i I don't just impactful as this episode well what's fascinating too is like the what ends up happening is obviously the Red Wedding, and that overshadows everything else that happens in this episode. But another thing that's very important to remember is that the Hound was taking Arya to see her family. Mm. He was on his way to the twins, the place they called where Walter Frey stayed. Mm -hmm. And he was going to take her there to take her to her family. They get there. 
Oh, and the yeah, Starks are getting massacred. I remember that? Yeah, because they were like, um, it was like weird leading into it because everything when, felt uncomfortable. You did not know what was wrong with yeah. the situation, but uh-huh. you knew something was gonna go fucking right. sideways. Oh yeah, and fast. And they looked. They just like. There were these small glimpses of tension that they would provide um, with the way that, like, the proceedings were being handled at the at the um, wedding. Just the fucking nastiest motherfucker alive. Oh yeah, look at her little tight body. Like, fuck you, (laughs) fuck you, Frey. And at this time, you got to remember, like, like watching this episode on first watch. Right now, your best bet for the king. Is Rob Stark? Every everyone likes Rob Stark. At this oh, point. bro! Like, he, I was he watching the show, and after Ned, he was the main character. I was like, I was like Rob. I was like, okay, I, I would really prefer John, but John's not mature enough yet. Rob is. Rob that is dude, that dude. Dude, I loved Rob Stark oh. on my first watch, bro. Oh. And I was like, I and on my first watch too. I uh, I obviously recognized the dangers of him being with uh, the woman he married, mm-hmm. but I was still like. Fuck it. He's got to do him. Yeah. Second time I watched that shit, I was like, you have made the gravest mistake you could have possibly made. <laughs> I know. You cannot marry this no, woman. But, like, I was looking at it, too, and I was like, I'd do it. Oh, I'd marry her in a <laughs> heartbeat. I'm not. <laughs> Bro, she was gorgeous. Like, and she was perfect for him. They were they were a lovely she, couple. She was like, like the- Probably the greatest couple in all of Game of Thrones, if we're being for real. Yeah. Besides Egret and Jon Snow. Okay, I, I mean that. Yeah, I that's feel too like, strong. Egret and Jon Snow is just too that, strong. That was they were a great. Yeah, they were a damn good couple. Man. But I mean, and then when one of the Frey boys walks up behind her and just jabs oh. the knife into her stomach. That was one him. of the most visceral, Bro, violent scenes I've ever I seen. I am better screen. with like a slice of the throat than I am you stabbing a pregnant woman in her belly oh, over and over. Yeah, no, but like, I don't know how to how to frame it, but in the world of Game of Thrones that that's an act that, that that's an act of brutality that makes sense in, in the most fucked up way possible. Oh, absolutely. Because like, in, every every action was like every time they murdered someone it was somewhat poetic yeah oh yeah like whenever Jon Snow sticks the uh the the sword through the back of that dude's face uh-huh. up at Craster's Keep it was because he was talking all that fucking shit so oh, guess what yeah. that sword's coming out the back of your mouth cuz <laughs> like <laughs> you know <laughs> it's just yeah. damn yeah that was that was dope as fuck too but not even just that so like the way that this whole thing gets initiated um with um Bolton wasn't it? What was uh, what was the dude's name? Which um, one? The you know he he turned on the Starks. He was kind of he was like um, he wasn't afraid. He was I think his his last name was Bolton. Um, Ramsey? No. Yeah, his dad. His dad. Ramsey. Roos. Roos Bolton. Bolton. Oh, yeah. that because he yeah. did set this up with uh, Tywin. Right. And um. Oh fuck! I forgot him and Tywin. Yeah, Ty- Tywin is that. who hooked Roos yeah, up with like and you yo, don't learn that until episodes later, do you? Oh, like. A uh, season later, like you don't learn that until like Tyrion's about to kill that man. Oh fuck! Yeah, which is just the writing is exceptional oh. for the first several seasons of Game so, of Thrones. So good. It's so fucking but, good. like we're just talking about it, and like I have to rewatch this series. Yeah, I, <laughs> it's, it's, it's iconic. It's iconic. It's too fucking um, good. Just the way though, like, like you know, we're, we've already talked about how it was like tense leading up to it, but where everything jumps off. 
is like crazy because I was lost the first time I watched it because I saw her. I, I like I just didn't put two and two together about the fact that he was wearing battle armor. Yeah, and when um. Uh, Reigns of Castamere uh, starts playing and stuff, and well, Catelyn Stark. And, and, yeah, Catelyn, that's what I was thinking of. She folds back his arm and is like, just smacks him. Just smacks him. Yeah. And I was just like, what, what, what the, the fuck, fuck is going ha- on? What the fuck's going on? And then on? those motherfuckers start going crazy with the archery bows, and I was like, oh, oh, they did not get over it. <laughs> they they still care. The Lannisters send their regards. Oh, yeah. That. Cold ass line. Cold. Let me tell you, Cold. Tywin. Tywin knew how to intimidate. Oh yeah, and and, and th- dropping a line like that after murdering a house is just cold, fucking oh. blooded. Just pimp as fuck. Yeah, Tywin absolutely. Lannister knew what the fuck he was doing. No, he was a, that he man was, a, was lethal. Honestly, he was like, I don't know. He's like, he's like a, I don't know, probably like a Robert E. Lee kind of guy. Like, <laughs> yeah, just pretty like much. A, just um, like fuck this guy, Jesus. But you're good at what you do. Yeah, yeah. That's like I I like people like that are so weird because it's like there there has to be an element of respect for the way that they do things. You like the way I feel about Tom Brady. Yeah. Yeah. But at the same time you're like probably not a person I like that much. Oh, certainly. I'm like, wow, Tom Brady's done really, really well on the football field, but mm-hmm. fuck, do I hate that guy. Yeah, yeah. It's like, I do not want to see him succeed ever. <laughs> <laughs> and I know he'll just keep doing it. <laughs> <laughs> and see, I respect that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's what that's what the Lannisters were about. No, <laughs> that, that is exactly what the Lannisters were about. They were all about just fucking getting the shit done. Nothing else to be said about it. Man, and just... This episode was heartbreaking. Yeah, and uh, I, the last thing that I remember really, like, this is the thing that I, I watched, and, like, this was one of the few episodes in my life where I would just kind of, like... Yo, was, it ends and you just sit there. You just sit there. You just sit there. Mouth might be open. You're just, like... Just mouth agape. The uh, credits are rolling, and you you haven't moved. I was, like, uh... But and this Catelyn, is the show that did that, uh, like... A lot. multiple and that's, times. That's what, that, I think that's what makes it. And that is, like, I think, I think there's like four of those episodes on this list that we have here. No, nah, uh, yeah, for sure. For sure. Like, I'm thinking like the, the last shot in this episode yeah. sticks with me. It is absolutely haunting. Haunting. The way Catalan says, you kill my son, I kill your wife. Mm-hmm. You know, because she, she's ruthless. Like you can tell in her, the way she says it, it's like, she means that her, shit. Her, her, her son is already fucking dead. Like she's like, or you know what? What was it? What was it? She was saying, "Don't kill Rob." That's what yeah. Don't was. kill yeah. Rob. She's saying, and... "Don't kill Rob. Kill me instead, or I'll mm-hmm. kill your daughter." Yeah, I think it was his wife. Oh, it was his. And it was fuck. like a really weird, fuck. weird young. It looked like his daughter. It looked like his daughter. It was his wife though, and because he fuck was like, Walter he was like, Gray. "I'll get another." Like, and yeah. and then you know they kill Rob, and she lets out that visceral scream. scream yeah. Cuts her throat, stands there still screaming, and then like, ah, ah, and then another Frey walks up, cuts her throat, she falls to the ground, and it just, the camera stays there. Yeah. Where she was standing. And, until she just falls out of the frame. Until she falls out of the frame, and then after it's go- after she's gone, it stays there for mm-hmm. another second. Yeah. And you're just like, and that that's really what sits and, with and it's, like, it's like, there's no music playing. Oh, yeah. It's just... The pacing was uh. crazy, like the because they they before like before between the scream and uh, Catelyn being murdered, like there there is a pause like where it just emphasizes like how visceral her scream is, and she's just like standing there for a second, just like 
like she's contemplating like what the fu- like you're just what she, do I even she's do lost now? Lost every literally everything. everything. Like oh man, I feel man. I, I, there, if there was one character who I wish did make it all the way through the show, it was Catelyn Stark. Like even over Ned Stark, I think. Really? Yeah. You really? Catelyn, that's, that's Catelyn's bold. a better person than Ned was. One hundred and ten percent disagree with Wait, that. What? Oh my God! Uh, Catelyn Stark tortured Jon Snow as a baby. Oh, okay, yeah. Well, but that was like a personal thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, don't give me like no. And here's the thing: is that like, I think what the show like as a whole proved is that Ned Stark was the best fucking person in the Seven yeah, Kingdoms. Yeah, it was like, and I mean, like, not the smartest. <laughs> but certainly the most honorable. Yeah, like, okay, fair, he d- he did things by by the code, and uh-huh. he even took the fall for having a bastard child yeah. when that kid was actually the <laughs> fucking heir to the throne. <laughs> yeah, no, he he was very honorable, but like, I, I think that's kind of like sticking to the code. I feel like Catelyn did not stick to the code. No, she was about her, she was about like, that action after after she's like after Ned dies. And yeah, and don't get me wrong, I one hundred percent wish she wish she could have yeah, made yeah, it further. Yeah. I, 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 I get what you're she saying. Was Ned, Ned about, she was just about. She was she was something else too, though. She was about that action. Oh. She wasn't like, and Ned was about that action too. But like, it wasn't expected of Catelyn mm-hmm. to be about that action. Oh no. <laughs> no, it was not. I remember like watching her like trying to get like robbed like to like win the throne and shit, and I was like. She's like the best advisor of anyone in in, in fucking uh, King's Landing. Like, yo, she she doing? was she knew what she was on. Yeah. She, and just a shame that like two Starks die here. Two after because uh, all that's left after this is Sansa, Arya, Bran, Rickon, and John, and then uh-huh. three of them make it out. Yeah, yeah. No, the Starks are a um, tragic tragic story they are for sure i'm thinking about it now and it's like the only other the only other stark brother that dies is rickon after that which is kind of wild yeah i mean they went through enough though i feel like oh (laughs) certainly don't get me wrong their dad got got his head chopped off for being a they were being a traitor they were separated until like season four or five weren't they uh season six what i think Jon snow shows up john and oh uh, john and sansa are the first ones who back to winterfell yeah because did Sansa, Brienne of Tarth brought Sansa to Brienne of Tarth? The, no, no. The Night's Watch. <clears throat> he got killed in the season five finale. Okay. He went back home after in season six. Okay. So so that's when he went back and saw Sansa. Season six. There and Arya doesn't come back till season, season six. Seven. Season. I thought that. Was oh yeah, Arya is like the first episode of season, season seven. seven. And because in the first episode of season seven, bro, when she gets payback yeah. for the red wedding, oh, man, that she comes up and she's oh, she she cooked this man's sons into pie and then fed it to him. Oh, man, that that was like I and you you had waited such a long time for something to happen to that man. And they would show Walter for every so often. You're like, fuck, the that guy's still alive. All the people who have died and Walter fucking Frey Well, that's what's crazy, too, is at the end of season six, I remember on my rewatch, because, like, you put so much more together yeah. when you rewatch the show. Because oh, yeah. there is just so, so much. fucking much content. Yeah. Like, you said, 70 hours of, in, the, in seven seasons. Now yeah. there's, like, almost 80. And it's like, 
that's so much television. So oh, when yeah. I rewatched, I was like, I forgot this part even happened. Yeah. And it's massive. Like, it's a huge part of the story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, how? Because, like, uh, Walter Frey's talking to, like, Jamie Lannister at the end of season six. And he's like, uh, he's like, the La- Lannisters and Frey's. Oh, yeah. The two pillars that. of the seven kingdoms. Yeah, and fucking... you're like, fuck you, Frey. Nobody gives a shit I about know. you. Jamie Lannister, man, he he was an interesting cat. That's that's a complicated cat there. Complicated, man. Because I I was pretty sure I would always hate this man after season one, and then by the end of the show, I'm like, ah, well, what's crazy is that like <laughs> he's terrible season one, absolutely uh, fucking awful yeah, season one. Just, then season two, he meets Brienne, and you're kind of like, there's clearly a rapport here. He's not a terrible guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, season three comes around, and he's. I think he's back in King's Landing with a golden hand. Mm-hmm. And he's training. Oh, he gets his... That happens season two? Yeah, that happens early, early on. Wow. And then uh, season four, um, Joffrey dies. And what does he do? Mm. To his sister? Yeah. On their son's dead body, basically? Yeah. He rapes her. Yeah. And like after that, I was like, I'm out. I'm out on yeah. Jamie Lannister. Like He can't that. be redeemed. That was probably one of the most problematic scenes in Game of Thrones, period. Like, just... Of, of, like, there were a lot of scenes that happened that I just did not want to watch. Yo, that makes me straight I, up I think throw I actually up. skipped that one. Vomit. Like, if I, if, no, like, I, sk- I skip it. I There's, think I started and I was like, are they... I'm gonna... Uh, I need to get out of here. Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's rough because... And, it, it, it's it's brutal like it's it's like yeah just like thinking about the, the, the con and then of course of course jamie in the end goes back to cersei just fuck I'm that guy fuck fucking... that guy forever yeah. i don't care he could have redeemed himself and he didn't yeah just fuck you yeah that's true i like the guy who plays him though <laughs> <laughs> i like nicolaj coaster waldau he was a good he was a good actor he definitely played jamie williams <laughs> very well but season three episode nine the reigns of castamere the red wedding just Heart-wrenching. Heart-wrenching. Yeah, no, that was uh, sticks with me to this day. Shall we move on to the next show? I believe so. We got five of these hoes, guys. <laughs> Be ready. We got Breaking Bad. Another just undeniably great show. What else can you say about it? There, and we got three shows on here on this list that I'd say everyone goes, yeah, that's a top five show of all time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, and that's kind of the point of why we did this, because, you know, we want to bring interesting content, but also we pride ourselves on on looking um, at least through some sort of critical lens at these shows. And, you know, if there are people out there giving awards with way more uh, experience in this realm than us saying these are the shows to watch, once we go watch them, you start to really understand why people say these are the shows to watch. Oh, it's... And I, I'm so glad that like <laughs> just, I've watched these shows. Like I can't tell you how happy I am and that it, I've it's watched. It's so funny Breaking because Bad. like, and the, what's funny also about how these like shows have happened, like it's almost like so Westworld you recommended to me, which I then watched, and then we then talked about Game of Thrones, the same thing, and then I think I recommended Breaking Bad you did. to you, yeah, because you we, you you were like halfway through Breaking Bad, and I was like, fuck you, it, yeah, I'll you catch up. up. You caught. <laughs> I remember you caught up, and I was like, fuck. Uh, Sherlock, I, I think I, I can't. Remember I can't who remember who did that. who there. Yeah. But uh, maybe that was like when we happened upon it around the yeah, same time. Maybe, yeah. Um, and then I recommend you put me on Mr. Mr. Robot, Robot, no doubt. And then uh, I think you had seen House of Cards. Yeah, I think we had both. You, seen you're House a of bigger Cards. fan of House of Cards than I am, though. Um, 
and then Rick and Morty, Sopranos, that worked the same way. And Sopranos Euphoria. worked the same way as Breaking Bad. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, I did. And then you put me on Euphoria. <laughs> like yeah. it's just like these were the, these were the shows that we were like, man, these really have been like. <laughs> <laughs> This is like a timeline through a friendship. (laughs) (laughs) Damn, I didn't even think about things. I didn't either, but like, it's weird that those are the shows we've landed on because you're absolutely right. Yeah. Yeah. But so, Breaking Bad, season four, episode 13. Just a great one. Just a great one. Yeah. No, it's one of the, it's one of the, um, I I feel like it, it, it captures really well the, ethics of all of the characters involved and they're all big characters in this episode you know you got oh yeah the, uh, damn it what's the what's the dude's name uh gus's assistant um mike, oh shit mike what? uh yeah, yeah. I, th- I think it's mike mike airman trout is that his last name <laughs> the badass and yeah but like yeah. is that his last name in the show Yeah, mike airman trout yeah do they ever say that do i think so i think saul goodman <laughs> says it that doesn't sound i mean i had i had to have gotten trout. it from why somewhere the fuck, why the fuck do they name I, it? I know i didn't just make it up like i feel like they, they could have gave him like a cool name like a uh, mike black or something <laughs> mike jones <laughs> <laughs> it's it's mike mike, mike jones. it's mike mike <laughs> mike mike michael jones <laughs> um but mike airman trout Mike is in there, uh, you know, Jesse, obviously, Walter, Gus. Um, I mean, Gus. Yeah, I mean, Gus. Gus. Yeah. I mean, um, Gus dies. <laughs> yeah, Saul. We got um, the dude in the wheelchair back. Oh, yeah, we did. Yeah, we got I mean, because he's pretty pivotal in the murder of Gus. Very, very pivotal. Um, but even even um, Saul, Saul's a, there was a really interesting scene with um, when Walter's trying to find Saul in this episode. Um but it, it gives a good display, I think, of what all of these characters are about, like, throughout. Oh, and I, I, I can certainly speak to this in terms of Gus. Mm-hmm. Gus goes into that hospital with all the confidence in the fucking world. Oh, yeah, Gus is still good. Like, you, you watching this episode, I had no doubt. In my, and I remember that's why this, like, scene stuck with me so much because I... Like, you know how Breaking Bad does things. Like, they'll give you the pieces, but they won't put it all together. They won't tell you exactly what's going to happen. Um, and I, 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 I thought Gus was going to be in the next episode. Like, yeah, honestly, I thought we, I thought he was going to be, we're going to finish season five. This is going to be the big, I, bad. I'd given up on Gus dying. I was like, there's just, you cannot this is, kill this you guy. You cannot kill this guy. It's too hard. He's too fucking, I don't know. Uh, what, what is Gus? He has some severe mental imbalance, I feel like, but he's, so normal that it's hard to point it out. Oh, he's a sociopath. He's an absolute oh, sociopath. Because, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, he's a, he's a fucking murder, murderous cartel leader Yeah, who is calm, cool, and collected all the time. Mm-hmm. And if you are calm, cool, and collected all the time and you murder a lot of people, guess what? <laughs> <laughs> You're a sociopath. You're a sociopath. Yeah. Um, Gus, is, Gus is just that guy through the whole show. And, like, they make a point of... Being like, he is untouchable. He is impenetrable. And the only way they can get this man is if they get him when he's not. How could you possibly blow a man up in a in a nursing home? Yeah, and honestly, I was so. There's a couple scenes in the in this episode. Um, I guess for background, like we're we're kind of starting at the end. Um, so spo- yeah, I, I kind of I'm kind of jumping um, into the big the big moments. Yeah, the, the big moment when he's in the uh, retirement care. Play, I'm, I'm guessing know, that's a like nursing a, home. Nursing home, um, visiting Tuco's grandfather fa- or grandfather. I think grandfather. grandfather um, to uh, to kill him because yeah, Tuco because he had just spoken to the 
FBI yeah, or the DEA that day, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that he'd had his boy look into him. Yeah. And so he was cleaning how, you know, Gus was doing Gus. He was like, oh, okay. I so got to kill this guy. I heard you had a meeting. I don't really care what it was about. Are you ready to die? Um, and yeah. so that that's kind of what it was all business. And they he sends his dude in there like two or three times before to check out the place and like see if there's anything and like just like super secure. He even he he has him check the place, come outside, calls Gus. Gus gets there with a different dude, mm-hmm. tells him to go inside again and check, and yeah. then he goes in. And I was just like, bro, how would you ever get anything over? And I think the fact that this this attempt on Gus's life was like freestyled essentially is the reason it was successful oh, i think if absolutely. they planned it they would have failed and that's kind of what walt does the whole the whole fucking time mm-hmm. he just kind of stumbles into situations and is like oh shit now i'm the biggest meth kingpin in all of america <laughs> yeah which is a wild thing because i remember i wanted to watch this show because i'm like so this old man is like a drug lord Oh, and he is faking it till he makes it the entire time. He makes it. That man makes it too. Like this man is like. Oh no, he's that fucking guy. We're he... talking. We're talking international meth dealing. Yes. Like... Check. Like we're going Czech Republic with this meth. Isn't that what they did? Czech wasn't it the yeah, Czech some, Republic some, or something some, like that? Some foreign country. I, I didn't really understand that storyline too much. It felt kind of. Uh, it was just. It was just to show how much greedier Walt's getting. Yeah. It's just that like this million dollar millions of dollars operation they've got going in the states just isn't enough just isn't isn't quite enough for him anymore i don't, I don't know i guess was or uh walter was a um he broke bad like that's the name honest, of the he show broke bad. like and uh, yeah you, you're, you're kind of meant to expect that but i still wanted to root for walt um I, and the first time that i did watch it i didn't i didn't it didn't fully sink in with me that like by the end of the series walt's a fucking bad guy you, oh you, no! And I and I obviously like the first time I watched it, I was kind of like, ah, I don't really like this guy, but he is the protagonist. But, yeah, so I'll, yeah. I'll roll with it. And then the second time I watched it, I was like, season three, like beginning of season three, I'm like, yo, it is fuck Walt. Yeah, this guy is, is a dick. This, he is. I remember thinking too, like watching the first episode, like, how does this happen? How does this? How does how this, does this dude, guy? This guy become even. Like tangentially involved with drugs. Yeah. <laughs> what is going it's on chemist, to make bro. that happen? Yeah, he's a chemist, and what, that's what's crazy is like, can all chemists do this? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just got a notification on my phone from Twitter. Snoop Dogg emerges as winner of the Mike Tyson versus Roy <laughs> Jones Jr. fight. <laughs> Wildly yes. true. That wow. fight was terrible. That is true. Who, who tweeted that? I need, I'm going to go uh, like it, it. It was Twitter news for you. <laughs> Like Twitter, that was a headline they were providing. Snoop Dogg oh emerges as winner. So they were just they, everyone watched this and they're like, "What do we even say?" Everyone about this? who watched this was like, "Snoop Dogg won." Yeah, well, we'll, we'll, and we'll we do, watched we'll and we were segment. like, "This is going to be the best part of the night." <laughs> we'll, we'll do the segment on that I get, in this episode. Maybe I don't know. Fuck I don't it. know. You might get a. Segment that might on be it. all we have to say about. You this. might not. You <laughs> might, yeah, you might not get a segment on it. Who knows? But it, it sounds fun at the moment, so we'll see. We'll see. Um, Anyways, s- season four, episode thirteen. The uh, way it's called face off, by the way, face off. Oh, you get it. I do. get yeah, it. You get it because 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 spoiler alert, when he gets blown the fuck up and he walks out of the uh, the uh, the room in which he was just blown the fuck up, Gus, uh, half of his face is off. <laughs> face off. Face off. <laughs> um, he looks like two face from fucking uh, the Dark Knight. 
Yeah, no, he really does. That's actually stunning similar. And the way that he comes out. Oh, he comes only, out. He comes out still Gus as fuck. He, he's sitting down. Well, he's, he stands up at right right when he realizes what's happening, when he's, like, ringing the bell. Mm-hmm. And he, he screams. He goes, he, he like, stands ah. up really quick, goes, ah, blow, like, ex- massive explosion. Oh, blows and this entire room out. Just strolls out of the room. Adjusts takes his off, tie. Adjusts his tie. Takes off his. I think he took off his glasses. And he, yeah, he? I think he put them in his pocket or something. Put them in his pocket. Or and then you get that something. full frontal view of his face, yeah. and you're like, oh. And, and you see, you can see the nurse running. Oh, up. the nurse is running up, or horrified. They're looking like, at him. what in the hell? And then this dude is just standing there, hat with half a face, adjusts his tie, and then just dies because you know he had half a face. He's, and, the point I was making earlier was that uh, this, you know, this is the only way you get Gus. Oh, yeah. In a way that way. no one could ever anticipate. Mm-hmm. And I, I've talked to you about this before. Do you mind if I spoil something from The Wire? Oh, yeah. No, sure. There's this character in it called Omar Little. <clears throat> Coolest motherfucker in the show. Mm-hmm. Easily. One of my favorite characters of all time in any television series. This man was unkillable. unkillable. You could not get this man. Like, he would... uh he would whisper or he would whistle a song when he came down the street and like kids would run and be like, Omar coming, Omar coming. Oh, oh, you know, in how I met your mother. Yeah. Yeah. When Lily does that like thing where she's walking down the street whistling, it's a oh, reference to the wire. Oh, and they're okay. like, Lily coming, Lily coming. Okay, it's a reference never, to the wire. Why is how I met your mother making wire? References? Yo, if you, it, that show makes a lot of references to a lot of stuff. Just like it, I need to in general scenes. Like it's not even like, Overt, uh, uh-huh. like they're just kind of like replicating scenarios, and you're kind of like, oh, like you have to yeah. really, really pay yeah. attention to get it, and you're like, no shit, because I, I watched How I Met Your Mother before The Wire, obviously. Uh-huh. When I saw it in The Wire, they're like, Omar coming, I was like, oh shit, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of course. But this man was unkillable; you could not touch this guy. And you know who gets him? He runs. He goes into a gas station, and he he's he's getting some cigarettes at the counter, mm-hmm. and then pop. Get shot in the head. You pan over. It's a little fucking kid. Uh, Only way you're gonna get this man damn. is he watched and he watched this little kid come in the store because yeah. and he he's worried. not threatened by a he's little kid. Worried. He's Omar fucking little. Yeah. And that's how Gus Fring rocked into the situation. You know, he's uh, like, I'm in a nursing home. Fuck yeah, it, we're it's good. This elderly dude who, like, and, <laughs> and he did more vetting than Omar did. I'll tell you that. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, no, definitely. And still, like. I just feel like that really speaks to what the the lengths to which like Walt Walter breaks bad because that uh, that episode is a scurry of him rushing from place to place trying, trying to, to figure fix. out trying to figure out a way to kill this guy. Yeah, because they had they had it they had a plan they had a very it laid out plan apart. and it just fell apart to the point where this man brings a bomb into a hospital, a bomb, a live bomb into a hospital. You're on and some like, fuck shit, bro. In a in a diaper bag, and he's like not doing See, and, anything. And the fir- and the first time I wa- that's a really good example of something. The first time I watched it, I was like, "Oh shit, is he gonna pull it off?" Is the second time I watched it, I go, "This man has a fucking bomb in a hospital. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody arrest this fucking guy." Yeah, no, literally, <laughs> and uh, e- even still, cops walk up while they're in the hospital while Walt's holding a bomb next to Jesse. And like they're obviously investigating the it was the they they called it the uh, Brock's um, the situation that happened with Brock and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what they wanted to talk to him about. But they were like clearly 
like they know who Jesse Pinkman is, and they probably I think at this point well, they, Jesse Pinkman gets like kind of got oh. way earlier in the series than I thought. Yeah, like season two, this man's getting investigated for having some sort of connection to a meth kingpin, uh-huh. and you're like. How, how does it take so long to get to Walt? To like, get to Walt, like, yeah. He's just sitting right there. Why is his, why is this dude's is chemistry not, teacher from high school with him? Hank is not good at his job. No. That's the bottom but like that, that's he's, kinda, he's Detective Jim Gordon. He, he's wh- Detective how, Jim how Gordon. He, how could he have guessed Walt? Like, let's be honest. That's a, that's a, like, think, think about. It like that's one that's just so obvious, like not obvious. Yeah. It's like that's my fucking brother-in-law. Yeah, There's no way me, a DEA agent, wouldn't recognize that my brother-in-law is the largest <laughs> meth kingpin in. That's true. In all of America, and like that's that's got to be as far as he thought. Like, yeah, it can't like he, because when he does put the dots together, you're like, about fucking time, about bro. Fucking time, like goddamn. <laughs> uh. But yeah, and so Walt's just scurrying around doing what he does, and he gets to, um, there was a cool kind of like, uh, I don't know, just like Detective Walt scene where, uh, he pops up at his house, and, uh, do you, do you remember that, like, yeah, with the, with the, he knew, he knows the dudes are in there, and like, I remember, like, being like, I, I feel like he's being a little skeptical, and then, next, well, what do you know, but two random looking dudes walking around his house, like, looking for him, and yep. he's like, fuck. So he, he does this whole thing, calls the neighbor over, goes in, creeps the dudes out. They they leave. He goes in. They come back in. He avoids them, gets what he needs, gets out. He was just like straight up like smooth as hell with all of that. <laughs> but at the same time, ungraceful as fuck. Oh, <laughs> like, and like <laughs> he's like Jar Jar Binks. Yeah. It's like he just looks into hitting someone in the face. Uh-huh. Like it's just, it's yeah. like, how did you do that? Kitten Kent started saying this thing recently. He's like, hey, my methods might not be graceful, but they get the job done. Yeah, and, like, <laughs> and I was like, honestly, that's, um, yeah, I can. There's something to There's it. something to that. Yeah, I can understand. I can understand just being like, uh, just going to do what I can to get it done. And that's what Walt does. And that's like kind of the state of his character throughout the show is always on edge even in moments where as the viewer we're like okay walter like you said you needed to make this much money right you have well surpassed that right now you just need to be focused on getting out like it it should be a lot less stressful than he makes it out to be on an episode to episode basis he's always like this is the no this this is so important like this is the thing and like no, and I know we're not talking about this episode, but no episode exemplifies that more than the fucking fly. <sighs> yeah, no, yeah, literally. and we'll talk about it. And we have talked yeah. about it. We've done a whole episode breakdown did of we? it before, oh, previously. Okay, did we? Did we we put didn't it end up putting list? it on this okay, list. I, I think because did. of that, okay. we've we've already done a full I, like I scene by scene that. discussion of it. <laughs> but uh, he's always just falling like. Falling face face first onto the ground, and then he just keeps getting up, and you're like, "Fuck, yeah, stay down, stay down, just stay." And there were moments take, late. Take your money. Late in the show, run. there were moments late in the show where he was he was given. I can't remember the sp- uh, specific circumstances, but he was given ways out, and yeah, he, he still was like, "I'm a G." I'm I'm the go to this shit. I Let am, me. I gotta come back and, and like claim my title. And, and he legitimately goes, "No, I'm Heisenberg." Oh yeah, he does. Yeah. Like that's like, no, I can't get out of this shit. I'm Heisenberg. And you're like, okay, well, he's lost it. <laughs> and the yeah. first time I watched it, that's when I went, oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. that for me. And what's interesting is like 
taking this discussion of Walter's character and looking at that in the uh, shadow of Tony Soprano's character. Want to move on to the Sopranos then? I think so. I think so. So our next one's the Sopranos. Immediately getting the three of the greatest TV shows of all time here. Yeah. Game of Thrones, Breaking Straight Bad, Sopranos. <laughs> uh, and like, undeniably, these are shows people regard as the greatest shows of all time. Yeah. And Sopranos widely viewed as the greatest show of all time. Mm-hmm. And I'm I've only finished four seasons of it, and I'm I'm about ready to say yeah. No, I I'm I'm like, already you're absolutely fucking right. Yeah, I already <laughs> want to just like I'm like this is there is a um, nuance to The Sopranos that it it did not exist before The Sopranos, which is why uh, Breaking Bad Bro, is the show this, that it is. The style of oh yeah, like and HBO they didn't do shows before The Sopranos. Oh, really? The Sopranos is the first hour-long cable wow. drama that hit the air, you know? Oh, like, wow, yeah. And they wrecked. They were the biggest show uh-huh. on earth. Yeah. Like, they realized people wanted to watch a movie every week. <laughs> <laughs> and boy, did they. The yeah. Sopranos is fucking phenomenal. So the episode that we are talking about for this one is season two, episode 13. That's the season two finale. Yeah. And, uh... Um. You this one will fuck you up. It fucked yeah. me up. No, it, it it will. And I was I was not prepared at all. And like this is um, it's called Funhouse by the, the way. The end of the second season. So I can't remember if by the, no, I think there had been a couple one off sort of episodes that The Sopranos did because they would do episodes every so often that were just they were like the fly. They were like just like kind of like they would be their own isolated. Thing. And this was kind of that. Um, and this was that for most of the episode until the end, really. And until um, the back half. Yeah. Yeah. Until the back half. Um, but I remember, like, what? I, like, I've I've seen a couple of the Sopranos episodes like that, and I'm every time I'm like, this is like a nice reprieve from just like the normal trudge of the of the plot, you know? Like, it's yeah, because like I'd argue that John Favreau episode is one of those two. Oh yeah, where no, you kind of definitely and because they, they'll have those episodes later. every once in a while where you'll just like you'll focus on one character and mm-hmm. you're with them for the whole time, and it's yeah. like forget everything else you've been watching and paying mm-hmm. attention to, just take a load off, focus on Christopher Moltisanti doing his fucking thing. Yeah. Um, but this episode in particular, this season finale, right? Of, uh, of, yeah, season yeah. finale, season two titled Funhouse. And this is like, this really brings home, um, like the major conflict over the first two seasons, I feel like, or the most major one for me, because like, I feel like The Sopranos is really weird about how it lays out its conflicts. They're not. Well, that's what's interesting is there's, there's not, in most shows we can point to and go, there's a big bad. Mm-hmm. The Sopranos is just kind of like everybody's the big the everybody's bad. Like you gotta be, you gotta keep your it's head all on about a the family swivel. It's like, about the Sopranos. You never know yeah. who might fuck you over. Right? Yeah. yeah. No, literally. And there's so many different ways that that happens. Um, but what possibly the worst way is uh, uh, one of the people of your inner circle, like, like literally a made man in the in the family, like on the verge of being a captain. On the ver- yeah, literally. Oh shit! I like because that's that. that's how. Wasn't there a scene in there? There's where a scene like, in this episode where you know it's you like you passed you passed me over for yeah. Captain. You knew you yeah. knew that I was a snitch, and so big pussy. Mm-hmm. That's who big pussy was a fucking <laughs> rat. Yeah, yeah, he was, and but you, a rat you hated it because is a you, fucking rat. It, period. That's it. That's it. Um, but like you, it. I I remember it was such a it it, it like fucked with me because I was like. Pussy's such a good dude. Like he and was he, easily the best dude of of Tony's inner circle. Like he was the most 
I don't know, like reasonable. Human? Yeah, human. Yeah, and, and he would still do some fucked up shit. Oh, he, he was had. he was a super just asshole to his wife. Just oh, yeah. just terrible to her. Yeah. But I mean all of them were fucking terrible to everybody. Like that's kind of part of the point to about so particularly women. Like, oh, parti- oh, yeah. especially Jesus women. They were sexist Christ. as fuck. Holy it was like, yo, we don't even eat pussy here. <laughs> don't don't even think about oh, it. You remember that if you do, with if you, yeah, with Junior. That's what I'm talking. Like he ends a 15 year relationship because this woman told someone at her salon that Junior ate her pussy. <laughs> I don't even like this man was about ready to kill her. Like no, he was ready. He was about ready to kill her because of what it was gonna make him look like. And I was just like, man, like you. This is some fragile masculinity, but and that's uh, what the whole show is, bro. I know, literally, like it's like in there, like oh, I'm the big bad. It's like it's like them trying to maintain their status as as men, like only reveals why the women are usually more cunning and just like respectable in general. Well, that's the that's the thing about these, like this is. A great portrayal of just like mob guys. Oh yeah, because they they're just they're terrible, terrible people. Like and but what's crazy about this show is that more so than like with Breaking Bad, I root for Tony Soprano. I root for Tony. I ride for Tony I, Soprano, bro. I like, hope the Sopranos of any of the families, you know, do well. And like, absolutely. Even even in light of everything they've done, like you're just like, and th- that's why th- th- there is. Well, a, that's the thi- that that's what's so important in the distinction between Walter White and Tony Soprano is that Walter White didn't have loyalties. It what like there was it was just like I am going to make this money. Well, and Tony's his, about his that. loyalties were were material. Like he mm-hmm. he was trying to show loyalty to his family by doing what he was at Heisenberg, but not it, realizing it proved. he was doing the worst thing possible for his family by not being there while also dying of cancer. Um, but you know, and then Tony Soprano, of course, on the other hand, he, I feel like he, which is a weird thing. He's even more intentional about um, about the the shit that he does. Like it, it affects him more deeply than it does Walter White when Walter White has to do something like blow up a building. Um, it, it's like it's when, like when Walter White has to do it, it's like because it's necessary. Because it's necessary. This is something I need to yeah. do. When Tony Soprano has to go light Artie Bucco's restaurant on fire, he's. He's no questions about it, and there's probably other ways he could have done it, but he's remorseful about that. Oh, yeah. He no. doesn't like that he had to do that. I mean, he he's a dumbass, mm-hmm. and he went the completely wrong way about it, yeah. but, like, he, he and he feels bad about it, uh-huh. and like, and that's that's something that's big for me in yeah. terms of Tony Soprano's character is that, like, it's so obvious he does not want to be the guy that he is. Oh, yeah. Like, he knows yeah. he's a piece of shit, uh-huh. and he knows he's the worst. But it's just the cards he's given. And he's given. just like... And that that that's kind but of that's a, a big theme is like he's just kind of like well this is what my dad did this is what I always saw this is what I this is what I knew this is like what I was told to valorize mm-hmm. um, and he's realizing that it's caused him to shut off so many parts of himself that just make him in fucking tolerable to be around and he knows that he's intolerable intolerable to be around but like he continues to act in certain ways because I'm pretty sure one of the dreams he has maybe even in this episode it's it's him within uh, his therapist's office. 
and she says, I'm extremely attracted to you, Tony. And he's like, he's like, no, you're not. You're disgusted by me. And like, you know, like he's like, and I know that. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, no, it's even worse. It's one of those times where I know that I'm dreaming <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. I can't get out of it. I can't get out of it. Um, but just think about like the context of like Walter White having to, there was a, I feel like at some point in the show, Walter resolved to kill Jesse. Yes. And it, obviously that <laughs> didn't end up happening, but it did not. Walter did not have the same sort of uh, tribulations coming up to the decision to kill um, Jesse that Tony does. And his like this man is having fever dreams about having to kill pussy. Yeah. Like he and it's because this entire time he's been in denial about yeah. it. And these fever dreams reveal to him like. You've been in denial. You need to accept this guy's a rat. Right. Really look into this. Really, because it won't take long. You'll no. figure it out. No. And that's just the because, uh, like, even the the dream where like Big Pussy appears as the fish. Yeah. And he's and he's he's like, you know, I'm the rat, Tony. You know, I'm the rat. You know, I'm the rat. You passed me over for Captain. You know. <laughs> you know. And he's like, he's like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I did. Yeah. And it's like he doesn't even want to talk, even on the boat, even on the at the end of this episode. That was like there was, that was like a powerful scene, like because like it's like they knew what they had to do. He knew what was going to happen, and he's, he all... he brings each gathers them around for like pussy, asks them for a drink. Uh-huh. And he's like, let me tell you about this broad down in po- Puerto Rico, mm-hmm. and he tells them the story. And, and and the entire time you're just looking at Tony, Polly, and Silvio, and they're just like disgusted by him. And and Tony goes. She even real? Yeah. <laughs> like, there's not a thing I can trust that comes yeah. out of your fucking mouth anymore. Yeah. And then he's like, well, you at least let me sit. Don't shoot me in the face. And he keeps trying to talk, and Tony's like, no. Nah. He's like, I don't want to talk about it yeah. anymore. Yeah, but it, w- it was something that it fucked with all of them. Like, when, uh, I think it was Paulie, was it? No, it was. Um, yeah, Silvio went up. Silvio the, went up, stay, up, up, up the, like, and was just like, he was like, like, come on, like, we got to, like. Like, are you good? And he's, yeah, I'm fine, I'm fine. But, like, they, none of them were fine. None, none of, of them, them were fine about that. And, like, understandably so, which is. None of them should be <laughs> fine. Like, that's, like, they just had to kill their best friend. Uh, of Since, like, they since were childhood. <laughs> like, kids. Like, they, 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 they have experienced crazy heights in the world being mob men. And this is what it amounts to. They had to kill their boy, and it's just—it's—it's it's just such. And a, the dreams leading up to the reveal, like not the reveal, but the the moment they kill Pussy, is like just immaculate. Just no show does dream sequences as well oh, no. as The Sopranos At does. First I was I was like, why? Like this does not feel like the sort of um, genre type that would have dream sequences as much as Sopranos did, but. Oh, it's just because it's so much more cerebral than it lets on. Oh, yeah. Like, that's the point of and it. That, that 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 I think that's the point of the therapy sessions, too. Oh, 100%. Like, it, it, they get they get to some stuff. That shit will make you think. It will. About your life. <laughs> I, I, I'm not a mob man, and that shit will make me think about my life. After watching The Sopranos, I feel like every person on Earth should have a, have, should have a therapist. Like, therapy should be a mandated part of maybe public education or something. Mm-hmm. Or just, like, it should be something offered to... Because, like, therapy is, is, is framed as, like, this thing to... Um, for people with exceptionally bad, uh, I don't know, mental. It should just states. be everybody. 
everybody should go to therapy. Yeah, it's just there's a there's a level of understanding I think that therapists have on some shit where you're like, man, I needed somebody to tell me that. And and Tony recognized that's why he goes back. That's why he continually goes back. Like, uh, and what's inter- what's even more interesting than Tony continually going back is his therapist continually accepting him back. Yeah. Yeah. And like in that it, it does strike an interesting balance there. Like as the therapist, you do not you probably don't want to do that to a patient. Uh-huh. You don't want to leave them stranded no, like that. They don't. And that's what that was a big issue when she had to like like fall off the grid. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, she was like, I you remember when she was like a, a patient of mine committed suicide because yeah. I wasn't there. And like she's like she takes her job very seriously. And that like that's what's crazy about it is like. Nobody thinks about therapists as having people's lives in their hands, but not only that, but like a lot of people's lives. Every person who they talk to regularly as a therapist. Oh, you're entrusting someone entirely with your mental health. Or not like entirely with your mental but, health, but no, like. Well, a lot of people think about it that way. A lot yeah. of people think about therapy as being, oh, my therapist. Like you're has my all person to lean on. Uh huh. And like therapists, like obviously would not say that that's the, that's the, the nature case. of yeah, the role. They'll, they'll be like, well, I'm trying to help you i'm not yeah. you can't just put it on me to control your uh-huh. mental health like it's not fair right but it, it, it's very easy as a person who's dealing with mental problems to be like well here's this one person who i know will listen who i know mm-hmm. will give me thoughtful feedback and who mm-hmm. i i know like at least will try to understand me yeah and that's really what tony's when you put it like that that's exactly what tony's looking for is someone that damn someone that he can Talk to about everything, damn. Without you know fear of. I heard some shit, the, some shit goes down with Carmela and Tony later on, but like that's honestly one of the reasons why I feel like they've stuck together is because like even though they're both like, oh, they've uh, got to get a divorce, bro. Yeah, no, they're a terrible couple, like terrible, terrible. But Tony and Carmela, I feel like have this level of acknowledgement for each other in like who they are yeah it's it's an extremely toxic relationship it's an extremely toxic acknowledgement of course yeah um but she she's she's i don't know that's the thing is that relationship to tony's relationship with women is always uh very one-sided it's it's he's a very selfish man yeah uh definitely and what's interesting about their relationship especially is that it's like she what ultimately is going to run out is her tolerance for Tony's uh, Tony's behavior overall before it, he runs out of things to give her. Because that's, I mean, like, let's be real. Carmela was, like, really, really into the materials. Oh, yeah. She loved the house. She loved all the when clothes. she got that she fur got, coat? The fur coat. That's in this episode, isn't oh, it? Oh, shit. It was. Yeah. yeah. Damn. Yeah, no, she loved Cause, the Because they're, they're about to... Get it on, and and he's like, "Oh no, I'm gonna be. I've never been so fucking depressed in my life." <laughs> Wait, it's not my head; it's my fucking stomach. stomach. <laughs> the way that like Tony like like realizes never, things. I've never been so fucking depressed in my life. It's just like his stomach hurt. Like, this is what depression feels like. Oh wait. And Carmela, she's like trying to comfort him. She's like, "Yeah, you've always been prone to depression, honey. You know, <laughs> your <You're> mommy." <laughs> yeah, and he's like, "That's not gonna fucking help me right now." <laughs> yeah, they, uh, they're, they're. I, I still don't completely understand them, but um, 
Yeah, The Sopranos and Breaking Bad. Those are two shows that I think that like just go like they go together in terms of the analysis that that we do. Like, oh, one hundred percent. And there is no Breaking Bad without The Sopranos. No. Yeah, like not at all. Not at no all. chance. There's not a lot of cable drama without The Sopranos. Like it's it set it off. You know. Oh yeah, no. This this was like everyone says that like this was the show that like showed people one what it meant to have an antihero as the protagonist and two what it meant to just kind of follow um like the mundane like the mundane life of someone um and what's so fascinating too is that like with this antihero as the protagonist it's everything's backwards like your expectations oh, of your characters are yeah. backwards like cuz if he doesn't kill pussy then he's a bitch. What's he doing? You you are fucking up. Yeah, it, it was like like, like it, it's, it's no right doubt no doubt the, you have to kill this guy. Yeah. Like like in the context of the show, you have to murder and this man. So many decisions that you make as a mob boss are decisions that you simply have. Well, honestly, I'm just realizing this about leadership in general. Like it's even, just even, you're like fuck. I have to do this. As, I guess as, <laughs> as as deep as like fucking being like I, I realize I didn't want to be the uh, ever be a president of my fraternity because i was like there's just a lot of shit that you have to be like like if something happens you have to react in this way or else you've done it wrong and like i, I don't want to be that person yeah it's <laughs> like i want to react the way i want to react yeah cause... i just want to not care if i choose to <laughs> like and but... i can't do that if i'm leading <laughs> no because <laughs> then other people are counting on me and i can be like everybody don't give a fuck <laughs> <laughs> and they're gonna be like everybody please stop caring <laughs> they're gonna be like that's definitely not the thing that we're supposed to do and you be like yeah i don't care <laughs> um you want to move on to euphoria though let's do it euphoria <sighs> shook ones part two bro this episode this show i love it i just love it so fucking much there there yeah. it's such a moment in time for me too. distilled this because it, it was at the beginning of our podcast, so it, it, it does have this certain nostalgia to it that I really appreciate about it now, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, like, the visuals, especially here at the oh. carnival, especially oh. here at the carnival, they used a lot, like, they used that carnival shot of Rue standing mm-hmm. in front of the Ferris wheel to, like, promote yeah. Euphoria yeah, a lot. When, when, they, when that zoomed in on that, like, I remember, like, I don't. I think I, I remember saying words during this part, but I don't think anyone was in the room with me. But like, I remember them zooming in, and be like, "That's the, it's the shot, it's the shot, that's the shot." Like, well, it's, it's, it's fucking the Leonardo DiCaprio. It's the Leonardo DiCaprio yeah. meme where he's holding the drink and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and he points at the screen like, "Yes." Literally, like it's like the euphoria shot in that episode. Oh, one hundred percent. It's like that, and the shot from the first episode where uh, her and Jules are looking at each other, all drugged oh, out, and like yep. the pink and purple light, and all all the girls do their like eyeshadow and shit, like she had in that scene. God, <laughs> it's just, and I love the glitter, bro. Oh, I love the glitter. Yeah. I'm not even gonna. I I'll, I'll rock some glitter, bro. I have rocked some glitter. I went to a uh, I went to a party, like a rave theme party beginning of this year i guess or wait last shit would that have been last you went to a rave not a rave okay i didn't go to an actual rave i would like to go to an actual rave just to just to see what it's all about just like for the one-time experience okay. you know yeah, I, I like, wouldn't want to like continuously see, go to raves i can't see you enjoying raves i can hardly see myself oh bro i would fucking despise a rave <laughs> i mean depending on like the state of mind but fair, fair, fair. but uh if i'm just like me at a rave 
fuck that. But like, you know, we all were wearing neon clothes and stuff. Uh-huh. I was wearing a shirt with a big marijuana leaf on it. It says Los Angeles, California across the top. Super cool. Uh, but then I also, I also had glitter all over my fucking face. Uh, like looking like okay. tears, like from euphoria. And I was like, this is fucking dope. I wish I would wear this all the time if I could. And I just love it. <laughs> but yeah. And, so let's talk about this episode a little bit. Season one, episode four, the shook ones. Is it this the shook is, ones part two? Yeah, yeah. That's a. T- and there's no part the, one. It's the title of the song. It's the title of the song by uh, Mob Deep. Yeah. Uh, Just another one of the greatest hip hop songs of all time. Oh, yeah. I know we were talking about nothing oh, but a yeah. G thing earlier. Also, off you, mic. you know that song, uh, "New Generation." Um, it's a new generation. Yeah. Did did we? I, I I know I have that on a playlist on my phone, but I don't remember getting it from Euphoria. But that song is in this episode. I think you're right. Like. I don't remember ever. I don't think we uh, either of us ever must picked have, up on that. Song. I don't think we did either. We must have because I'm still fun. Like that song I sent you the other day from Euphoria. Like mm-hmm. I'm still finding songs that weren't on the official soundtrack that were in the show. Yeah, but I mean, like, and we're talking about Euphoria, so I'm gonna talk about it. the the Euphoria soundtrack. <laughs> what can we like? I listen never to, not a I time listened, to talk about. I listened to it two days ago. Like that's. I'm going out of my way to listen to that at least once every couple weeks. Like <laughs> I'm listening to that all the fucking time. It's it's just so fuck. And this isn't on the Euphoria soundtrack, but it's another uh, labyrinth song, the Mount Everest song from episode two, I think. Oh, I mean, it's might as well Everest be on the Euphoria soundtrack. It's in it's in Euphoria. It's in Euphoria. Yeah. It's in episode two. But I mean, God. Damn. Yeah, no, that's, what a fucking that's the, artist. That's the song that I've ter- I've come to play the most actually from all of the Euphoria songs that I have. Yeah, actually that one and Dead Yet. You remember Dead Yet? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, th- those those were amazing. But the the music in this episode was stellar as well too because I, I like. Well, they got the carnival. They got the carnival vibes in this mm-hmm. one. You got that. Uh, I think they have like the Euphoria Fun Fair is like the name mm-hmm. of the song on the soundtrack, and it's. They, they've really got the da, 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 yeah. like vibe to it, and you're yeah. like, it's. It looks like a honestly like, I don't know, like, it it was a pretty. The the to to frame Euphoria and everything that you watch regarding Euphoria, you cannot take it as being a literal representation of kids in high school. That's no, not what it is. No, no. This is. I mean, it's kind of dramatic. a. It's a. It's a microcosm yeah. of every possible issue high schoolers could have uh-huh. into one high school. Yeah. So it's like any given high school might have one of these problems. <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> Let alone all of these things happening at the same time. At the same time. And like the but like also a part of the value I think of the the, the uh, I guess just entertainment value of, of the show and how it's set up is how it goes from like even even from um I, I don't know how to describe the camera shot and how it happens, but like it'll pan over directly from like uh, the chili booth or something over to Rue and Jules, and you're witnessing like the, oh, like the all these things are happening here at the same time, separate storylines. Like, yeah, it's like these were like they are not related at all, but they've just hit that point of axis where they are now related for the moment, and it'll pan back over and maybe go to uh, I don't know a uh, cat or something like Cassie and McKay. And yeah, just... or Cassie and McKay, and they're they're doing their own thing, and, and all of these characters are on their own their own plot lines, but. They they just like they've all uh, converged at this one point. This Euphoria one Fun point. Fair, yeah, the Euphoria Fun Fair. Uh, <laughs> that would be a dope name for it. Um, That'd be pretty fucking awesome. But in terms of 
like what? Imagine all the drugs at the Euphoria Fun Fair. <laughs> Man. Um, but in terms of the things that happened in this episode, I, uh, one of your uh, t- two things caught my eye. First, the, um, the and this happens pretty early on, but with Cassie McKay, when uh, they go up to Nate's dad's chili cook-off fucking like, booth or whatever. Five years in a row, chili champions. Uh, six years by the end of the episode. But uh, it comes up and he's like, oh, like, yo, you and Cassie, huh? He's like, yeah, we're chilling. And Cassie does not like this. Yeah, this as is, she should not. That's kind of bullshit. Yeah, it was That's bullshit, bullshit on your part. She's okay? just like, she's like, so you're just gonna like be like, you love me, and then five minutes later be like, we're just we're chilling. chilling. Also, though, by the way, like the fact that this man had told Cassie he loves her by episode four, yeah. man, moves fast a yeah. little bit. Well, I don't know. We don't know how long That's they've true. been together in the first episode. That's true. It seems like they'd been together, kind of taking things slowly. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, but there's this weird. Because in the first ep- in the first episode, he like gets a little too rough with her. Yeah. Oh, was that the first episode? And Rue's like, Rue's like, don't worry, this doesn't end in a rape. Like in the narration. Oh. She's like, don't worry, I know what this looks like. It's leading to. They're just going to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. But. The, oh shit! I forgot what I was gonna say. But uh, when when he says I'm chilling, like I feel like that was like a a weird com- a weirdly apt commentary on um, the nature of uh, I don't know relationship discourse today. Oh yeah, because like this this is this is a daily occurrence. Mm-hmm. This right here, yeah. It's it's just a well, and it's it's the complication of. Are we talking? Are we actually dating? What are we doing yeah. here? And like, what the fuck is talking? What are we doing? Okay, that's never existed before us. It's just, <laughs> it's just, it's just like yeah. now. Now we're like, well, we don't really want a girlfriend, but we also don't want to not have a girlfriend. Yeah, really. So we're, we're just gonna be leave the door talking open wide enough. I talk to people every fucking day. <laughs> Damn, as much as me, I mean, you have been texting for the past fucking four years. We should be talking. Might as, we might as well be fucking married, okay? I now pronounce this Chuck and Larry. <laughs> Man, I, that's funny. Um, but like, what 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 is talking? Yeah, and so um, it, well, it's it's that we're chilling. It gives two very different definitions, or the episode provides two very def- different definitions of what that talking um might look like. But I think. Each has a similar sort of undertone. So, like when it happens with McKay, you know, they're they're just hanging out at the carnival, right? They're 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 literally just chilling. There is a there is a uh, interpretation in the world where that makes sense, but obviously that's not what's going on. And there's a there's a higher text there that Cassie points out when she says, "Oh, you're gonna say you love me, but we're yeah. chilling." Um, later on in the episode, when uh, Gia Rue's sister is mm-hmm. with uh, the twins, I don't remember their names. Um, oh, but these dudes exist. I swear I've seen these dudes in my real life. <laughs> like, like I, I've been at a party and they've been there. Just like they're no, everywhere. Like they, these two dudes exist. They are, a, they are a goddamn prototype. Like it's fucking ridiculous. And like they are the exact kind of weed smokers that I never wanted to become. And glad I haven't. I'm glad I'm not. Because dude, these kids suck. Fuck these guys, bro. <laughs> Um, but they're just, they're, they're, later on in the episode, they're just chilling, um, behind the, uh, the, uh, Gravitron, I think it was, something um, like something like that. And like, they're something just sitting like on one, two of them or one is sitting with Gia in, in uh, a car, uh, in the trunk of a car and the other is sitting on a hood of a car parked behind it with another, um, 
young lady. Um, and you know, they're smoking or whatever. And they come, Rue comes up and like, what are you doing? Oh, we're we're just just chilling. chilling. We're just chilling. And so like, then I, I took a, I took a moment and stopped and I was like, wait, what is the implication of we are just chilling? And it is that in either of these scenarios, these dudes are like, oh, well, what we're doing right now, we're just chilling, which they were. But you don't say we're just chilling. Unless you've got something else planned. Unless something, unless you're not also trying to fuck. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's just the, that's just well, the reality. And it's, and, I mean, like, Andy's just a, I feel like you Andy's got to be this type of dude that says it in this context, oh, I yeah. think. Yeah, no, it's You know, like, well, I mean, because it's got a, it's got a, a certain sinister overtone in this scene. Yeah. Particularly. Like, mm-hmm. we're just chilling. Yeah. It's like, you are so obviously not just chilling. Oh, yeah. No. Very, very obviously. Like, you were clearly trying to make a move on her. And, uh... On this, like, 14-year-old girl? Yeah, like, 14 Jesus Christ. Yeah, I, I... There's not much way justifying that. There isn't any way to justify no, that. not at all. Um, but they, uh, like... The the I feel like the commentary that Euphoria provides about like moments like that, uh, like in terms of what they mean for a high school aged person, like those are the valuable moments of the show. Not mm. necessarily the fact that Cat goes and fucks this dude that was like really popular at their high school. Um, and Apparently, they, just has a fucking hammer. Yeah, and then when he. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, not even worth saying it. That was, it was a funny scene. Though. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, like something like that happening, like that. That like, there's not as much like they were just trying to keep Cat relevant. I feel like for the episode, um, and like progress her story at the same time, which they did. But she was not the emphasis. She was very no, peripheral. not by any means. Yeah, um, and and that's what's interesting is like they they do a really good job of balancing, balancing these character stories. Yeah. They keep you invested in all of them. Like mm-hmm. I remember watching it week to week and being like, "Oh, we've seen this. We've seen this person's story. This person. Like when are we well, because get... they start off like every episode starts off with like from some narration yeah. by a certain character uh-huh. or not some narration. It's always narrated oh, by Rue. I hated this one. This was about um this was about Jules too, the one at the beginning of um, oh was it like the backstory at the beginning of the episode, which is also a cra- I love that like that framework like that 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 the way that um just setting up the episodes that way to start with the backstory of oh, all the characters. Oh, it's wonderful. Because you'll end up getting to all the characters, and by the end, everything yeah. will make sense. Yeah. It's like you don't even have to worry about tying in backstory. It's uh-huh. just like, fuck it, we'll lay out the entire backstory for each character yeah. at the beginning of every episode. Yeah, we'll just take two, like three or five minutes and do it. Um, but Jules is particularly like saddening. Uh, they, they, they've all got some pretty sad up. stories. Oh, without a doubt, they have some Fucked up, traumatizing pass in this uh, in this show, but uh, Jules particularly. Jules got Jules had a rough time. Um, yeah, it was just hard. I, I hate watching just like scenes with things that happen in that in that backstory. I, mean, I just I just don't like watching people. Why are you an asshole? What I What are you an know. asshole for? Why are you such a fuck? Like what the your own mother. Sends you to a psych ward and doesn't tell you until you are on the other side of a plate glass door. Like, oh, fuck you. How are you? Thi- Why are you like this? Like, the, there, the, there's the point where she's she's like, no, no, no. And, like, she starts running. She's like, no, don't leave me here. Don't leave me here. I'm like, fuck. Yeah. She's just trans. You ain't got. 
fuck a psych ward, bro. She just wants yeah. to be her. Yeah. And honestly, I would say that it it would it caused it caused her problems to become exponentially worse. The fact oh, that she was duh. because the the shit that people were like they even showed just how starkly contrasting she was to everyone else in that ward. Like mm-hmm. these are people who like have serious mental and chemical imbalances um, that results in um, just like a variety of different behaviors that probably do need some more special attention. Yeah. Hers. No. Do not. Like they, no. they just do not. They do not. <laughs> She's a human. Yeah. <laughs> like, like f- fuck you for thinking otherwise. Right? <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. Um, this also, the end of this episode, uh, don't we get a, a little bit of a face off between, I can't remember. Nate and Nate and Jules also, but Jules and Jules and her, his dad. Right. His, and this was another, this was the second thing that I, that I referenced earlier. That was like a big thing that I noticed rewatching it was the dichotomy between Nate's dad and Nate. What, what's Nate's dad's name? I don't remember. I'll, I know him as McSteamy from Grey's Anatomy. He's in Grey's Anatomy. God Great character in Grey's Anatomy. Much better okay, guy than cool. in this show. Um, but so you know how Jules Cal, 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 yeah. So Jules sees Cal, you know, and then um, he and Cal, that Cal's Rue, like, oh, Rue probably fuck. knows, yeah. And so here's what here's what Cal does. At the end of the night, he goes and finds Jules. This man is like on his knees begging begging that she doesn't like, say anything doesn't say anything and keeps her word or whatever and, and she's, she's like, like yeah yeah of course like, yeah, like i would like course. i don't i, I don't want people to know as much as you I, don't. I don't want people to know that i slept with you what the fuck <laughs> <laughs> yeah like I'm, I'm i'm never like i promise like rue's not gonna say anything it's it's all good and this man is like it's the, the, the nicest he was in the show ever was in that scene i feel like because he was terrified. He was terrified. And he, he was genuinely, genuinely appreciative of um, just, like, what she, like, and her I position re- in that moment. Dude, and I remember, like, the tension created mm-hmm. through the first few episodes of the show. I was oh, like, it is yeah. only a matter of time before someone gets killed. Like, oh, and, that's, <laughs> and, like, by... By episode four, yeah. I was convinced Cal was going to fucking off her. <laughs> I was like, I was like, I don't like it. I don't, I don't like, like it, it one yeah. bit. And then, and then like, obviously, because that happens before uh, Nate talks to her, right? Um, yeah. And so that happens and then, almost and immediately then, after. Yeah. And when Nate comes and talks to her, then, and then I was like, oh, Nate's even more of a loose fucking cannon than Cal is. He's, yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> But, like, what I noticed about the moment where Cal's talking to Jules and following that, like, when they get home, you know, he goes straight up to his office, goes into his, um, goes into his, uh, uh, like, office or whatever and looks through his CDs to see if there's any uh, missing. And I think it was in that moment where he, it's kind of unclear, but I'm pretty sure he realized in that moment that one was missing. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. But he feels guilty. Like, he, it, it, there was a look of guilt on his face because... He was going in there to to try to answer this question, and I can't remember if this happens before or after this episode either. But when he's with that uh, hooker, um, oh, and he cries and he to cri- her. And he's That's like, after. I'm, pre- things- I'm fairly certain. Yeah. Okay. Um, but he's like, do the things that I do secretly, um, like affect 
like do the things that my kids don't know about still affect them? And which is like a central question, I think, for this man's life in oh, general. Oh, I mean, and Nate's like this. Nate's, th- this yeah. is that question is the point of their uh-huh. storyline. And then, then I think it was the next scene after that. Maybe, maybe Rue and Gia went home, but like when Jules and uh, Nate meet up, and it answers. It, it, it just straight up is like, yes, right. <laughs> of course, yeah. because it affects that. This man is like. Nate pulls out, you know, his cards or whatever, and he's just basically like, fuck you, I'm blackmailing you. You're going to shut the fuck up about everything. Mm-hmm. And she's like, you are an incredible piece of shit. And um, that made me think back to earlier, way earlier in the episode, like when with McKay and um, uh, Cassie. Uh, Cassie, when they were, um, when he's talking to McKay, he's like, why aren't you starting? Like, why aren't you? Why aren't, and he's like, I'm, I'm a freshman in college. Like, yeah, you don't start freshman first semester. Like what the like? And he's like, that, that sounds like an excuse. You know, you know how I've won the Chili Championship five years in a row. And and I, if I'm if I'm McKay, I go, fuck you and your chili. I am playing D1 football. <laughs> <laughs> no, dead ass. Yeah. <laughs> Like, <laughs> but there, he was getting Nate to recognize, like, oh, don't you see how I've raised you? Like, you, you, you don't lose. Like, you don't take. You don't. Take and this losing. is. It's really because, like, I know, I know parents like this. I know dads oh. like this. Oh yeah. Not. I mean, not. Hopefully, not exactly like this. I don't know. But uh, uh, like to an extent, I'm just like, I mean, especially this dichotomy with like Nate's athletics. That's a big one. Like oh, the yeah. the football dad, mm-hmm. it's a real real thing. And like this conversation he has with McKay, there are actual dudes like this, and it's like you're pathetic. Yeah, like bro, let me live my life. Like that's it. Let me live my life. Like it's like, yeah, I'm not starting. I am just a freshman. No, it's not just a fucking excuse, guy. How about you get the fuck off my dick, Mister? Chili champion. Like, who the fuck are you to... Like, I'm just your son's friend. Like, I get you want to... You have no bearing on my life. Yeah, like, you want to see me succeed or whatever, but, like, by just being, like, why the fuck aren't you starting yet? That's not helping me succeed in the slightest. No. <laughs> like, not at all. At all. Like, maybe, I don't know, we can... I, I can tell you about the team and say who the uh, senior wide receivers are and how much better they are than me, because undoubtedly they are. They've played d1 football for four for, years. for, for four years longer than i have <laughs> yeah like i'm i'm not i was playing God. i was playing against five foot ten white guys right. as linebackers See, a year ago and now it, i'm facing six foot seven dns like it's a bit of a side note but i don't understand why parents like expect their kids to be like lebron james like just because you were you were competitive more competitive on your on your like normal level does not mean that you just can you're always going to be that way because you're going to get to the next level you're gonna have to get better, and like everyone ain't LeBron. I'm sorry, nah, can't do it. Like just him. Not. he's just a different breed, literally a entirely different entirely breed entirely than different any breed. other person on this earth, probably. <laughs> <laughs> no, that mean, man's just. I mean, a man, a man is the closest thing to a god we have. Yeah. <laughs> him, him, and MJ. Which an- another funny thing about that too is like that. Yeah, yeah, you see that thing about uh, it was like a picture of Bronny. Um, oh Jr. yeah, that man looks old, and <laughs> he does. He looks like forty. <laughs> I mean, that man looks at least twenty-two, <laughs> and he's fifteen, 15 or sixteen yeah. or something like that. And like, did you see the side by side of LeBron at sixteen? 
But they were like, this man LeBron was probably eating fucking rolled, rolled up, up bread. bread. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I was like, LeBron is a fucking maniac. Yeah. Like, like I, I saw that and I was like, and I like I put that into context because like yeah. this man was homeless for part of for part of when he was playing basketball well, at Saint Vincent Saint Mary. And like I think about it and like, yeah, it, it, that it, man's just a fucking. And then I was thinking about my, legend. MJ too. Like MJ was not like like his his dad was a lot from uh, what I gathered from the last dance. His dad was like really. Uh, into like just hardcore like you're gonna be like great like you yeah. don't accept losses or whatever but like mj was not a physical freak ever he didn't he never, no he never that man it. he was a physical freak for sure yeah but he just did not like i, I would he I didn't was, look like lebron yeah if i was in high school and i saw mj i'd be like oh this looks like another dude in the basketball team it does <laughs> and then it wasn't no i <laughs> mean uh different animal different animal different. but the same beast what the fuck does that mean, yeah, Kobe was... Bryant? <laughs> oh shit, I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say that anyway. I was like, "What the fuck did that? What? what? <laughs> Different animal, same beast." Um, just a legend. Yeah, but back to Cal. That guy, very complicated man, but probably the most sympathetic that I felt for him in the entire show. No, uh, I mean, except for that part where he is crying on that hooker's lap. Other than that, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's got a um, prostitute sex worker. Sorry, I probably shouldn't say hooker. It's like a, a, at least at least Cal Cal in a lot of ways is Nate. Nate is Cal in a lot of ways, but oh, at yeah. least Cal has the maturity to criticize himself. Oh yeah, Nate's does. just doing him. Nate is just like this is and that's what that's must and be that's done. how and he's, he's that's how Cal's Nate is a sociopath. Honestly. Oh, <laughs> Nate is a sociopath. Yeah. Like. Uh, potentially to a greater like to a greater degree than Gus Fring, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But like that that is how the damage of the things Cal does that he thinks his son doesn't know about. Mm -hmm. Like that's how it's damaging him. Yeah, is because his son watches him do these things or knows he's doing these things and knows he's not talking about it. Yeah. And so he just knows, so now he's just thinking like, fuck it. I'm going to do those things too, and if I don't talk about it, things will be just fine. Like, that's just not how it works. That's not how it works. Just not. Um, yeah, but I think that was most of the, the big points of, of that episode, if I remember. I mean, you know, there was the other other stuff with um, Cassie and uh, what's Nate's girlfriend's name again? Maddie? Maddie. Yeah, Maddie. Cassie and Maddie. That um, girl looks like a Maddie. They, she does. Like, looking at her, that's she like, is. that is Maddie, you yeah. know? Yeah. No, we all know Maddie. That was, uh, yeah. I mean, she is, like, there's a lot of characters in there that are just, like, prototypical. Oh. And Maddie is one of those characters. It's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy how prototypical she is. She's very. McKay. She's honestly, she, she's dealing with, wow, holy shit. She's dealing with virtually not vir not the same problems, but she's kind of in Carmela's shoes in a lot of ways. A little bit, <laughs> like, a little bit. Like I see what you're. What I see where you're coming with, from like, here. What, what, well, what she's dealing with on one hand, and why but she's she stays not. She on doesn't the other. even have a mansion. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She just gets like nice gifts every so often, and 
maybe uh, like I don't know. They, did they, he give they, her gifts? I don't know. You remember that was, they they went over on a, um on her backstory. I remember them being like the reason she's stuck with Nate is because he makes her feel like oh like, yeah because he's like if anybody hurts you I'd fucking kill them yeah and it's like and she was like fuck yeah, fuck yeah. <laughs> and you're like oh no like, really. <laughs> 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 you would do that for me? Uh, but yeah, it's like <laughs> there are a lot of like archetypical high schoolers in this show. Nate being one of them, McKay being one of them, uh, Maddie certainly. I'd say Rue's not quite a prototype of anybody. Uh, I mean, I mean, few of us know Rue, but not like. A prototypical Rue, you know? That's fair. Uh, I think they're ultimately, like, these characters are meant to symbolize different things about... It's, kind it's of, like we said. It's like, kind of a dirty breakfast club. Damn. 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 I think I'm right on with that. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't Damn. never thought about it like that till just yo, now, but I said it, and I was like, yo, that's exactly what yo, this is. Yo, that, that is... Because, like... They not, even get high. They're not all particularly friends, really, but they they do like they they, they come they, into contact. They come into contact, and they like learn. About like the only themselves. time they're all together is that dance in the finale. No shit. Damn. Uh, we're gonna have to investigate this further, but uh, you're onto something. You're onto something. <laughs> it's it's pretty. Uh, maybe maybe that'll be like a whole episode. Is the inner like there's this 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 Ooh. podcast I listen to called like. Uh, Oh, I can't remember what it's called, but it's hosted by Shea uh, Serrano and Jason Concepcion. Uh-huh. And, uh, it's called The Connect, and it's taking two different movies that are completely fucking different, but there's one through line that can kind of connect these movies, and you kind of talk about it based Wait, around that's the- That's a whole podcast? A whole podcast. That's and fucking it's, awesome. Oh, it's it's genius, and like I've seen it, and I, I want to do some of these with you. I can't believe I haven't brought it up. Yeah, we definitely should. Because uh, it's a great- and that's that's a really good- good example we could do euphoria and the breakfast club maybe that's how we kind of make it our own we do a movie connected to a tv show or something but the connect like here's here's a few examples uh nice sweater that's the theme for one of their episodes knives out (laughs) and the big lebowski because of course there's nice sweaters all over in those movies and that's an hour and 23 minute podcast (laughs) yeah that sounds like our type of jam (laughs) that's that's, that's exactly what we're looking for uh let's see deadly latinos sicario and terminator dark fate (laughs) see like it's just i I love it it's it's a genius and creative idea so i I think we should hop all over that with euphoria and the breakfast club i think so definitely let's move into our last tv show what other than Rick and Morty? Uh, we got to talk what about other? Rick and Morty. Like, of course we're going to talk about Rick and Morty. I mean, that was like the first episode breakdown we ever did was a Rick and Morty episode. Oh, shit, it was. It was interdimensional. Ca- uh, no, 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 no. It was M. Night Shyamalan's. Oh, yeah, that was a good one. That was, Where they, I always uh, forget how they turned they turned so, like a, gold in that a, episode. A, a hot dog into, they turned something into a hot dog, and we're, we we had a whole conversation about like, what if we could turn stuff into hot dog? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that's not the episode we're talking about. We're talking season three, episode three of Rick and Morty. This is uh, it's a pretty important episode for pop culture. Yeah, in general, in it's, general. Uh, it's it's impacted it's impacted the universe more than probably any any, any Rick episode. And Morty episode to no, no, like... no, 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 not any Rick and Morty episode. Any bit of television or film there has ever been to grace a film screen. Season 3, Episode 3, P- 
Pickle Rick <laughs> is the most important episode of television of our time. <laughs> pickle Rick. <laughs> I'm a fucking pickle, Morty. Look at me. What are you supposed to do? <laughs> like, are you going to... What? He's like, I don't know. It's the uh, fucking point. I'm a genius. I can turn oh, myself geez. into a pickle. Yeah, no, that was uh, that was definitely one of the most um, Rick episodes. Well, because he did the whole thing to avoid going to family therapy. That's Rick. That's that's, that's reason Rick. enough. You know, that's reason enough. <laughs> Fuck family therapy. <laughs> <laughs> like it's a different episode. I can't remember if this is season four. Or I think not. It, I think it is. Where they, he's got he's got the fucking booby traps set up all over the therapist's <laughs> office, and he's like he's like save all the humans <clears throat> and the therapist. And the therapist. <laughs> He doesn't let her in the in the car because he's like, okay, you're overstepping your bounds. <laughs> like, let's have some professionality here. Uh, but uh, and then she's like, oh yeah, that was funny because the, the therapist, like, she's like, I am worth so much more than this or something. <laughs> like, you're like, yes. why do I do this? To yes, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's funny the like in, inherent themes that have stuck through with these episodes, and right? Kind of connecting. Yeah, no, it's different it's, dots here because like we connected Breaking Bad to Sopranos, and then we can we kind of connect Sopranos to Rick and Morty here if we wanted to <laughs> with, with therapy angle. Therapy angle. But, uh, well, we'd be good at that podcasting format. <laughs> we really fucking would. We might, we might have to fucking do that. But, uh, breakfast club and, uh, and euphoria. euphoria. Uh, but, uh, I mean, it's pickle Rick. This man's an icon. Yeah. No, you, just... you go up to anybody, like you show a picture of pickle Rick to somebody, random person on the street. Like we go Billy on the street mode with Billy Eichner and he goes, <laughs> I'll give you a dollar if you can name this man. And then he shows shows them a picture, and they're they're gonna be like, "Well, it's fucking pickle Rick." <laughs> Duh. Duh. Like how else? And so the, the 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 notable thing about pickle Rick is just the the precision with which his transformation, his evolution, the evolution of the pickle occurs. It occurs over a span of maybe ten minutes. It's fastest species of evolution I've ever seen. It's like to full form. Offensive capabilities. The first at all. thing he ki- the first thing he kills is a cockroach, right? Well, he he slides yeah. off the table, right? He he rolls into the sun because of a cat. He rolls into the sun, and he's like, "Well, this is it. This is how I die." Yeah. Then and it like, rains. This is worse than dying on the fucking toilet. <laughs> <laughs> and then it rains, and he's like, "Oh, sweet water!" And he it, and then like it, the current takes him. He's yeah. like, "Fuck, fuck, like, fuck, too fuck. Much, too much, sideways, much. sideways, sideways, sideways." <laughs> <laughs> and you know he falls into the uh, storm drain, and down there he finds a cockroach, bites that yep. thing's head off, uh, uses its brain. Oh no no! He hops on it, on its body. I think. Oh yeah, he, he hops on its move. body, bites off its bites off the back of its head, and uses his tongue to control its brain movements. <laughs> God, that's that was so gross. And then he, from there, uh, kills a couple mice. Oh, your friend died doing what he loved, <laughs> being a, <laughs> a dumb, dumb fucking rat. <laughs> Another connection to Sopranos. <laughs> Your friend died doing what he loved, being a dumb fucking, dumb fucking rat. rat. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, and then from there, what is he, he takes the... Uh... Well, he, he builds himself a whole fucking body. I think that's all he needed was the rat and the cockroach, wasn't it? He needed the the rat's uh, skeleton. Oh, and then he, he took a pickle. A, uh, a No, that he, was later on. That's later on. He took, <laughs> what's the yeah. thing he uses to like? He uses like screws and it nails and stuff to keep them together. It was like a, a battery, battery or something. No, it was the battery that charged his weapon. He would have to change the battery every time. Yeah. What What did he use? 
Yo, he had like a fucking laser. Yeah, I can't. I can't. But I think he, he had... <laughs> I, I can't remember. But I can't remember either. <laughs> the, he happens upon... I don't even know, a Russian hideout of some sort. <laughs> yeah, they never really clear Dos, on what was going Dos on. Vedania. I'm assuming it's like the Russian mob of, or something close to that. It's, yeah, it's it's something. But, like, he terrorizes these people. Oh, yeah. They're, well, whose fucking toilet was this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, they are the ones who get, like, scared of Rick first because they're like, is the fuck, why is there pickle? And then they're like, Solenia. Solenia. <laughs> Dos Vedania. Solenia. <laughs> And so that that's the whole thing, and then uh, yeah, basically, John Wick and Pickle Form comes out. Oh, it's badass! It's crazy. It, it, <laughs> the the way they like that that shot where he like takes out all the cameras and he oh and he faces off with the fucking that guy who they're holding his sister captive. Yeah, quote unquote. Oh yeah, uh, what was uh, it? Jaguar? Jaguar. Jaguar. <laughs> <laughs> Time to unleash Jaguar. <laughs> um. And but then he befriends Jaguar. <laughs> I remember thinking, like, this is, like, a better fight scene than I've seen in a lot of, like, million-dollar movies. Well, that's what's fascinating, is that animation provides you with that opportunity. Right. To do things that that's, are not possible that's with kinda, actual people. That's kind of the thing that got me hooked in anime, too, was, like, watching the fight. Because the fight's in there. Like, you know, I, honestly, pick a Rick fight, comparative with... I mean, your average Naruto fight, Naruto fight's probably better, more in-depth, you know, and everything. Yeah. But the Pickle Rick stands Don't get me wrong. Pickle, Pickle Rick Pickle Rick up. is fucking tough, <laughs> yeah, okay? No, that, that shit's man, hard. <laughs> it's, it's a fucking fight scene, yeah. all right? And, like, yeah. the reason I bring this up is, like, the animation thing is because, like, uh, Ahsoka Tano, character from the Clone Wars, mm-hmm. Star Wars series, uh, she was always so jumping all over the place and, like, so mobile and easier to and, and easier in animation. But art, like, she was animation. transferred into live action for this most recent episode of The Mandalorian. Ahsoka, and, is that the one with the red and blue? Uh, blue and white. Why did I say red and blue? Yeah, blue and white. Like, yeah, like they, uh, they, they, they did like a real live version of her? Yes, and it's played by Rosario Dawson. It's pretty oh, cool. I'm going to have to uh, see like, what they did for the costume on that. It's pretty clean. It looks really good. But uh, like she doesn't have the same mobility because yeah. it's live action. And yes. like... Uh, it doesn't lose much for the character, but it's like you had that opportunity with animation, and that's right. what's so cool about uh-huh. Rick and Morty is they take advantage of that every opportunity they fucking get. Yeah, so she was like pretty particularly like agile in the show. Like, they, they oh, it was like it was it was definitely like part of her fighting style. Oh, she was okay. more mobile than most. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. Um, I like too in the fight scene when they have the. Uh, you know how like they have the stereotype because like you know that's what Rick and Morty does. It plays on the stereotypes and like it. Oh, I mean, it bastardizes yeah. them yet makes them better. <laughs> like, uh, and that's like, and no episode exemplifies that more than season four, episode three, when they take the crew oh and just God. shit all over the heist movies, <laughs> just and do it. <laughs> clap, 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 clap. Adjusting clap rate. Clap, clap. <laughs> Clap, slow clap achieved. <laughs> <laughs> but the the point where they're like, like, like they both get hurt and they're like, you know, talking over their shoulders and yeah. like trying to like sew themselves up. And uh, Jaguar is like, like I don't even remember what he had, but he like lights something on fire. Yeah, like he's, he like see, he like cauterizes a whole wound yeah. <laughs> with, with a fucking lighter. <laughs> 
Maverick is over there with mustard and a, and a pickle slice and a stapler. <laughs> like I was like this man because I didn't even get that in the first couple watches of the pickle Rick episode, but I was like this man sealed up his wound by stapling a pickle with mustard onto him his body because he's already made like, a pickle. That is just like. I don't know. That's insanely creative. <laughs> like, uh, and that's what this entire show is. Yeah. It's just insanely, insanely creative. Insanely creative. Like he ends up blowing up the whole. It's. Did, did you the watch, whole house? Have you ever? Um, I can't remember. I think it was the. No, it was the the. Uh, I did. Did we watch the uh, acid fat episode over here? No, we watched the crew episode. Okay, so I watched that on my own, but I watched The Vat of Acid. Yeah, that, Just jump into the Vat of Acid! I think that's my favorite one of season four of The Vat of Acid. It's strong. It's a strong one. Um, but they, and the, at the end, they were, uh, I watched the, like, you know, they'll explain, like, how they made the episode and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're just talking about how they came up. They said, they were like, yeah, we wrote the whole thing in a day, basically. Um, we were just like, how can we make fun of Batman? And I was like, what? Or like make fun of the acid trope from Batman. Oh yeah, because Joker. That's like <laughs> yeah. big time part of that story. And I was like, how how does a Rick and Morty episode start from? Okay, you know what we should make fun of the fact that people die by falling in vats of acid, and then they come out. They they end up, and they they even explain how the jumps happen. And I'm like, <laughs> the rat jumps in, man, and the bones <laughs> come up, and they're like, holy shit, <laughs> that's rat. That rat's bones are huge. I've got to call someone. We've got to get to the bottom of this. <laughs> We'll just wait here. <laughs> and then they're just like, okay, fuck it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> season four is so fucking funny. And that might be one that we just have to go by episode by episode. Honestly, Maybe we yeah. just do an entire Rick and Morty watch. Hey, Beginning I mean, to end. All of this sounds like fucking gold. <laughs> we'll have time over Christmas break, I'll tell you what. Oh, we definitely will. Might be That might be a move, a Rick and Morty rewatch. Ooh. Uh, and that would take us, like, honestly, we could do that in a day. We could do, we, we, we could we could do watch several we probably, episodes we, a day. We probably like, couldn't record all of it in a day, but we could watch all of it and take notes over all of it in a day for sure. Oh, I mean. It's only 10 episodes. Per season. Bro, and, like, think about it. If we really wanted to, we could watch an episode, record on it. Watch an episode, record on it. Watch oh, an episode, yeah. record on it. Yeah. And then, like, that could be our day, and we just did three fucking episodes. And this is how Penny Boom podcast segments get made. <laughs> it's exa- kind of the way Dan Harmon and Justin Roiland come up with ideas yeah. for Rick and Morty. <laughs> Honestly. Um, but yeah. How can we make fun? <laughs> uh, we also got to talk about the end of the Pick a Rick episode, though, um, where when uh, uh, he leaves with the... Uh, helicopter and the dude is like Dos Vedania Solvenia Solvenia God it's so dramatic and like And then the whole building goes up in flames. You know absolutely nothing about these men in suits. Absolutely nothing. They just created a prototypical antagonist and were like, you'll deal with it. <laughs> yeah. But, like, they even give them references to their past and, like, try they to do. make those references, like, impactful in the moment, and they are. They, <laughs> they are. are. Like, like, I felt Jaguar's pain when they told him his sister was dead. I know. <laughs> Honestly, like they lied to this man, and like that's the only fact I know. They lied to him about what? I, I don't necessarily. There's something about his sister being dead. Um, but like when when it like that man has a whole 
arc, like in the episode. He, he starts out in prison and he ends up freed and liberated because he now, I guess, faced his oppressors and shit. It's, it's the, the microcosm of just fucking thought that happens in a 20 minute Rick and Morty episode is astonishing. It's unbelievable. <laughs> like, and I know people are like, fuck Rick and Morty fans for thinking they're smarter than everybody and da 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 da. That's what we're saying. We're just saying they, like, bro, it's, it, the thing is, more is that. intelligent. the thing the thing is is that like the reason rick and morty fans talk about how fucking good this show is because the show is so fucking good good. it's like it's it's, it is a very intelligently written series and it's not like we're saying you have to be super fucking smart to understand it we're just saying that like you need to accept that rick and morty is really a fucking smart show like it's smart comedy it's it's, it is through and through just good comedy that's it Always going to be, I don't, I don't, as long as the same people are making Rick and Morty, I don't think they're going to fail. Oh, and I mean, like, they won't, there will never be a different uh, creator of Rick no, and Morty. They, 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 they hold can't. that too. They can't. They're too good at it. Like, oh, and there's no way those guys would be willing to let someone else create it. In, and I would argue funnier than Family Guy. It's a be, it's a generally better show than Family Guy, yeah. I'd oh, say. I, I don't, yeah, I think that's even a foregone conclusion. But, like, I, I respect that Family Guy was, like, you know, this very funny an- animated show. Um, See, and that's the thing, is that, like, shows like The Simpsons, which led to Family Guy, mm-hmm. which leads to what ends up being, like, Rick and Morty. Like, those evolutions need to happen. And, like, The Simpsons, very fucking funny. Super funny oh, show yeah. and stuff. But, like, I don't watch it and get the same laughs I do out of out of it as I do Rick and Morty. No, just because, like, I mean, obviously now it's more unhinged. Mm-hmm. Simpsons was on fucking Fox. It's not like they're going to be dropping F-bombs and shit. But, I mean, like, like that that is an evolution that needed to, ha- needed to happen. Yeah. And I appreciate the Simpsons for that and, then, like, them creating basically the co- the, the animated comedy, you know? Yeah. Because, like. Yeah, no, because, like, it's like, I, and I, I, I'm kind of upset I didn't ap- appreciate the animated comedy until, like, I'm so I got glad. Older, like, I'm so glad I didn't appreciate it till I got older. Really? Why is that? Just because now I I'm glad I didn't really give a shit about watching TV until the last few years because I I wouldn't have, I I just didn't give a shit before then. It's yeah, like why well, I, I, why would I have watched it? Now I, I watch it for like like uh-huh. I'm going to analyze this. Well, shit. I didn't That's, understand what it meant to watch a show from beginning to end. I think that was like a big thing. Like oh, once yeah. I realized like the value, uh, not just like catching an episode while it's on cable, but well, like I thought I thought I had episode. it figured out watching movies. Oh, I yeah. was like, yo, I love this movie shit. It's so much easier than watching a whole TV show. Oh yeah. But then you watch a whole TV show and you're like, God, I got well, to know like, those. I got to know those characters a lot better than I ever have a fucking it's, movie. It's like everything I wanted from the movie. It's like, <laughs> because like, I, turns I, out it was fucking better. I've definitely had bouts of like, <clears throat> like I'll watch a movie and uh, like it, 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 I'll be like, man, like I really feel attached to these characters, but it's all over. I'll never hear anything about them or from them ever again because it was a movie and tv shows just subvert that whole process they're like hey you're gonna stick with them for a very long time and And then when you and then when you have to split you're gonna fucking hate it you're gonna it's gonna hurt even worse dude (laughs) my dad uh my dad just watched silicon valley from beginning to end Mm -hmm. and he didn't realize the end was the end he thought there might be another season Uh, when he was going into it and he realized like going into the last season he was like oh shit this is the last season uh and then so when he told me he finished it i was like so now you're kind of lost you don't know what you're going to do with your life next (laughs) <laughs> and he was like, what are you talking about? I was like, oh, that's not an everybody thing. <laughs> I finish a show and I'm like, God, is there anything like, 
why would I watch anything else now? <laughs> like, I need to watch the show again. Yeah. Like, that, like, and that's usually the general thought process, especially when I finish a sitcom. Uh-huh. When I finished sitcom, I was like, I just got so comfortable watching the, this oh, show. Oh, when, like, when, how I, when I finished How I Met Your Mother, I, I rewatched How I Met Your Mother like five times immediately. I, I, I couldn't stop. I, I was like, and this happens with every sitcom I watch. It's not just how I met, like, when I watch Parks and Rec, bro, I watched that shit like six times. When I watched Shit's Creek just now, I watched office. that, I watched that two or three. Office, bro, I can't tell you how many times I watched the I fucking Office. In the last episode, I'm not gonna lie. Bro, I did cry in the last episode of The Office. No, like, that's the thing, too, is we, we are different television watchers in that. <laughs> it does not take a lot to make me cry, bro. Like, I am crying at most shit that gets on TV. Like, <laughs> yeah. like even some Rick and Morty episodes will fuck with me to the point where I tear up. Like, uh, <laughs> I'm, we'll talk about it eventually. A different Rick and Morty episode that will actually make me tear up. <laughs> eventually, we'll get to it. But, uh, uh, <laughs> I cry when I watch TV, man. <laughs> it's the you know fucking what? move. We, we, I think we should we should end it there. That's it. That's the quote of the I show. I cry when I watch TV. Deal with it. That's that's, <laughs> the, that's the name of the episode. There you go. Well, this is a good one. This was. This has been the Penny Bloom podcast. This has been episode sixty three. Sixty three. Sixty three of them hoes. Was up? Was up? Yeah, you might you might call us like experienced. Or experienced, like if 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 this was a video game and you had different levels to choose from, it was like beginner or experienced. You'd click experienced, for sure. I mean, who's out there really doing what we're doing? I mean, and that's probably the thing, someone, is that, but not as but good. no nobody's doing it exactly the way we're doing no, it. Like, and that's what's I've fun about. This. Never come across the podcast as a uh, all know, over the place free. As <laughs> yeah, like, like, and and what's interesting is part of that freedom comes from the fact that we're just two dudes just two dudes doing it like if we had like an overlord company or something like it right might be limited like i know i wouldn't be able to say fuck as much as i do <laughs> yeah that would bro be- i was thinking about that the other day we've got 60 episodes i drop i drop fuck at least 10 times in each of those <laughs> so that's like that's like at least 600 fucks <laughs> At least. at least I'm telling you 10 is generous yeah. like I, I'm dropping probably more like 20 I'll even be like listening back to my episode to the episode sometimes and I'm like bro I said recommended fuck. this to like adults like who have known me my whole life like bro like when especially when I'm listening to the Mandalorian rewatch it'll stick it'll stick out to me like I just said five fucks in, <laughs> in two sentences <laughs> <laughs> And I'll be like, man, fucks. I'll be like, fuck. <laughs> well, twas I, Colton Robertson. That was Tavares Pennington. And we're going to be back. Because this is the Penny Bloom Podcast. We'll be back. We'll be back. Peace, love, and bloom. And always, always praise Keanu Reeves. Always. Always. Is there even a question about it? No. Keanu, Rick, and Morty. Go check out that episode. Bye.